Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's the WNR392. It's AW Full Gear pre show, and we are live. But I am not alone. I have the pleasure to be joined by the WNR team members. First, we've got Monty. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm figuring it out as we go. It's a big night, big day. So I'm excited. Let's do this, man. We're back live. These shows are always cool and fun and surprisingly lengthy, but I'm ready. I'm here for the long haul. Let's do it. Well, I usually have that complaint about being surprisingly lengthy and like I said, this show tonight. Good. That's what she but, said. Yeah, exactly. Should be. We started already, I know, but of course, Monty, you're a regular here. Another regular for the uh, WNR team is also Jaxi. How you doing? Hello. Hello, everyone. Happy Full Gear Night. I am super excited to be here and super excited at the special guest we have. Well, without a doubt, it feels like I speak to you guys all the time. And of course, uh, the Ultimate One can't <laughs> make the show, but got a very special guest and last but by no means least our special guest is purple pain aka gina how you doing hello thank you for having me on the show i'm well, super excited to join you all well it's fantastic to have you on the course i'm just gonna say it's great to have you but what is your connection to the wnr so my connection is my twin sister is Jaxie Scarlett. Oh, dun, dun, dun. So it's finally <laughs> happened. We're his twins on the show. Uh, can I just say how, how happy I am to have you obviously both on. But Gina, of course, this is your first time. So kind of uh, what wrestling are you into? So um, I I was into WWE, but I won't lie, I have kind of refrained from watching that recently. Um, I'm more of an AEW girl now. AEW is like my baby. Oh, I'm glad <laughs> I'm doing AEW tonight. And like I said, we've got two Dynamites and two Rampages. We've got those fun and games. And we'll probably fit in a masturbate as well, plus predictions. But we will start in Japan because the last couple of special shows that we've done, we have looked at NJPW. Now, of course, like I said, the Ultimate One is not here. So, Monty, did you watch Power Power Struggle last weekend? Yes, I did. Uh, one of those shows that gave me a lot of uh, lengthy, like they. It, another show that was surprisingly lengthy, but only for different reasons, because they're usually very, very long shows. Uh, but uh, they, since the pandemic, of course, they had they've been slowing down, only doing like five matches uh, per show in the G1, which is not you know usually they would have ten matches every night, even in the G1. So uh, you know, it was cool to see uh, them get back to normal and kind of uh, having another one of those big cards where it was a lot on the line. So it was it was a, it was a fun night though, fun night. A lot of big things happen, uh, title changes, and uh, and they set the course for what's coming on January fourth, which is uh, Wrestle January fourth and fifth, which is Wrestle Kingdom, which is their WrestleMania in New Japan. So yeah. uh, it's a lot of exciting things going on. I'm just glad you said you watched it. Otherwise, this would be a really short segment. But don't worry, uh, Jackson <laughs> Gina, we, we 
<laughs> we're going to ask you a few questions as well. But first off, we start with the power struggle results. Um, I'm starting to like, because I'm watching it a bit more, a bit more. I'm starting to like the king of sports at the start as well. And I go, yeah, it's New Japan. Uh, and we start <laughs> November 6th. It's power struggle. And we're going to look at the three main shows, uh, three main results even, because Kenta won the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship <clears throat> at New Japan Struggle. Uh, of course, he fought Moxley earlier. Of course, made a few appearances on Dynamite as well, and finally won the title, beating Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, Monty, what were your thoughts yep. on this matchup? I thought it was a very, very cool match. It was a rematch of a, a match they literally had last year, but it was over the briefcase that Kenta contained, which gave him a shot at the United States title in the future, which is that match you talk about with Moxley. So uh, it was a briefcase that he had won. Uh, uh, I think the New Japan Cup in New Japan Strong. And, uh, you know, so it was kind of ironic that a year later, here we are again with Tanahashi versus Kenta, but different circumstances as Tanahashi was the champion. Uh, he, It's kind of funny to me. He mentioned a lot in his promos after matches as champion that he can't wait to come to the United States and show his power with the United States Championship. And he never got a chance to come over at, to the United States as a champion because Kenta snatched it up. This was a very physical match. Uh, a lot of people don't necessarily like Kenta's style these days because he's not really what he used to be, uh, and he kind of cheats a lot more. But I, I really like it because it really fits this character. He's having the time of his life in Japan right now, and uh, this his reign as United States champion. I think he's a perfect person to take the title off Tanahashi because of uh, his relationship, like you said, with the Moxley and uh, his ability to speak English also. Uh, is a, is a nice thing. Not saying that it mattered when it came to Tanahashi because he's a he's a legend and one of the greatest of all time. It doesn't matter to me what language he speaks. He speaks. He's a great champion. But when it comes to Kenta being United States champ, being able to challenge Moxley, and kind of like what he did after this match, basically calling out CM Punk. As even if you don't know, the creator of the Go to Sleep is Kenta, the finisher that CM Punk is you know kind of made famous, especially in America. So, uh, you know. Nice. I, I've always wanted to see those two go at it. Uh, even when Kenta signed with NXT back in the day, I kind of always, you know, was hoping that you had a chance to see that match. So it, it's really cool that they're teasing that that's a possibility now. So uh, Kenta with United States champion, uh, as United States champions, provide a lot of interesting, uh, you know, booking for plans for the future. You know, uh, you know, like you mentioned, if a Moxley return. Uh, with AEW's relationship with New Japan, especially with the United States Championship, I think this is a big move, great move for uh, New Japan. Well, this is the thing, and, and what I was going to ask, I'll start with Jaxi, is like, because with New Japan, sometimes it can be too much to watch in a week or sometimes. What would it take for kind of you or even you, Gina, like, to, to watch a New Japan show? Yeah. Would it be someone like CM Punk versus like a Kenta? Because then, you know, the story probably be told on Dynamite as well. Yeah, I mean, not only that, I've always had a bit of interest to get involved. And especially since our last discussion, um, you know, where I was greatly educated by not just Monty, but Ultimate One as well on this. Um, I've definitely got keen interest to be watching Wrestle Kingdom in January. So, you know, this um, whole discussion has just kind of hyped me up even more. Um, I, I would actually say even, uh, you know, the likes of Will Ospreay. Um, I know that he's done some some work in New Japan and everything as well. Uh, that that type of draw uh, is always interesting to me. But yeah, definitely uh, would love a hands down love to see CM Punk versus Kenta. So that would definitely draw me in uh, at the click of my finger. <laughs> I think 
Now, the other match we had uh, Kada versus uh, Tonga. And uh, Kada managed to beat Tamatonga to confirm his spot in the main event of the Tokyo Dome. The G1 Climax winner, Kada, issued a challenge to uh, Buddy Matthews as well for the Battle of Valley. What are we going to get on with? Uh, Buddy Matthews calls the former Buddy Murphy, which should be a great match. And then we had Shingo versus Zack Sabre Jr. as well. Uh, Monty, what did you think of this? Because the I guess the GP title was on the line. I didn't think Zack Sabre was going to win, but I thought this was brilliant. I thought he was fantastic in this matchup. Man, Zack Sabre Jr. has done... He's I'm, I, I'm spoiled, you know, as a New Japan fan, because you get to see him do it. I've gotten to see him do this with so many different opponents all the time, but right now it just seems like he's in a whole different just groove in the ring, and this match was no exception. He picked right, picked up right where he left off after a great G1, having classic matches, and, and I thought this match was pretty much just as good as their first encounter, uh, if you count the G1. So, uh, you know, uh, you're right. There was no way that Zack Sabre Jr. was winning the match because, you know, I just think changing the, ch- changing the champion, going this close to Wrestle Kingdom probably is definitely something that's just not really in New Japan's nature. They don't change their world champions often anyway, you know. So uh, I, it was just a, another impressive performance by both men. You know, it was times where I thought Shingo limbs may have been legitimately broke because that's just how Zack Sabre Jr. would stretch you out with the many submissions that he know. And he even mentioned that after the match that he thought he broke Shingo's arm, but Shingo wouldn't tap. And, you know, just that that determination and grit, that other level you have to go into to beat a guy like Zack Sabre Jr., uh, it works every time. And uh, he, he's, just, he's great. He's really, really good. And I think him and the champion have a great chemistry, kind of like what Shingo has with Will Ospreay you mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Shingo and Will Ospreay always have great matches together. And Zack Sabre Jr. is right in their league. I don't think, I don't think he take a backseat to anybody in the ring. Well, I think without a doubt. And the other thing I really, really enjoyed about as well is I love Zack Sabre Jr. because he looks quite you know, a smaller guy, so to speak. But he just turns into a proper cockney. He's shouting like, come on, dickhead, kick me. Go on, dickhead. You think that's good? And I'm going, you wouldn't be allowed to get away with this in England. Like, the amount of swearing. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, he was the. He is the reason why in, uh, my American self figured out that, like, I've seen now many times, that wanker is a bad word. And he just let Drew, like, like I know Drew McIntyre get away with it all the time in WWE. And they just let him say it because we're ignorant to the fact that that is what, uh, I guess, to what that means. I guess it just sounds funny to us. I don't know why censors don't notice it. But Zack Sabre Jr., yes, he is vulgar. Like I said, dickhead is something. Oh, my goodness. He's, he's, he's everything. He's great. I promise you, in every way, he's uh, snooty about his vegan chip. So he 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 uh, he always brags on how he's 100% soy. So uh, he's he's great, and uh, I I love I love the fact that he has that lean build. That's why it's always shocking when he just takes the damage that he takes because they they hit hard in New Japan. So if you notice, Zach is starting to bulk up a little bit. I think he realized as he's getting you know he's fighting in the heavyweight division, you know it's going to be better to put more muscle on your body as you take those shots. But anyway, Zach is just awesome in, in many different levels. That's just one of them. 
Yeah, and I think this sets the stage perfectly for Wrestle Kingdom in January, which hopefully we do a live Rumble show and we'll cover the results on that as well. But also, uh, Full Gear is not the only show on tonight because New Japan have got Battle of the Valley card, which is streaming at 11pm Eastern time. Don't ask me, Monty. I have no idea what time that is. Uh, but we'll run... <laughs> The card. <laughs> we'll run through the card, card quickly. We've got Violence Unlimited, Chris Dickinson and Brody King versus Stray Dog Army. Josh Alexander versus Yui Imura. Now, the only thing I'm interested about is, just, of course, Josh Alexander wrestling Impact. Who is Yui Imura, and did I really just murder that name? Yes, you are, you are butchering it. It's you or you are more, but, you know, I'll give you a break. It's not, it's not bad. Uh, but uh, I'll give you... Yeah, you are more. You are, you are more. But anyway, right. anyway, besides it, uh, he's a, a, another guy, a promising young talent who I think in a few years he could be really, really special in New Japan. He's, I, I don't know if he's officially graduated from the L.A. Dojo quite yet or not. I think he's still a young line, but much like Will Ospreay's opponent uh, on, this, on tonight, uh, he's another guy that I've been watching now for years as a young line, pay his dues, you know, not win much, but you can steadily see the growth in the ring. You can steadily see the improvement in his body. So you're more someone to watch in years to come as he uh, using New Japan Strong kind of now, I think, as his excursion. And, you know, maybe in a few years you'll hear that name again and he'll look completely different. That's usually how the New Japan system grooms their new star. Well, we've got Moose, who's the Impact World Champion, now going against Juice Robinson. And I do love the story of Juice Robinson. We've got Fred Rosser, David Finley, Rocco Romero, Alex Zane, and Alex Cochlin, who's got a fantastic moustache, versus Team Filthy, Tom Lawyer, J.R. Kratos, Danny Limelight, Gerald Nelson, and Isaacs. That's helped me out a little bit more because I've been watching some more strong, a bit like Clark Connors and Carl Fredericks versus Jeff Cobb and TJP. Because, of course, TJP, Jeff Cobb, Will have sprayed all in the same group now, aren't they? Yeah, United Empire. And speaking of Will Ospreay, we've got him versus Ren Narita, who we've seen, of course, on Dynamite yes. as well. And the main event, Tomohiro Ishii uh, versus Jay White for the Never Openweight Championship. Ishii beat Moose last time. They had a kind of special well card. Of course, Jay White is Jay White. Now, Gina, does anything on that card kind of pique your interest? <laughs> I think all of it does, if I'm truly honest. The way you guys have described it has made it sound so exciting. I would absolutely love to tune in if I can. Um, I did speak with Jaxie uh, when she had been given a rundown from both of you um, at the last uh, podcast. And even when she was describing sort of what you had told her about, did pique my interest. I think the main issue for me is finding the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think we all struggle with that. Preach. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I never thought we'd be, you know, complaining about too much quality wrestling, but that is literally what it is at this moment in time. <laughs> I, I'm just glad Very WWE important. are like, do you know what? We'll try and help out a little bit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> there was some, some mediocre type content. Well, you. Well, you know, just rip stuff. You know, we'll just kind of repeat the, the cycle and stuff, and then that'll give everyone else a chance to watch other shit. Well, we're going to get to the course with our masturbate that is going to be WWE versus AEW. That's going to be interesting. But we've got a bit of news. <laughs> and we're going to talk the WWE pay-per-view schedule, because, of course, uh, along with AEW, WWE. And it's interesting reading, because their first pay-per-view is Saturday, January 1st. 
which is day one. Then Saturday, January 29th, the Royal Rumble. Saturday, April 2nd, Sunday, April 3rd is WrestleMania, so the two nights again. Sunday, May 8th is a normal pay-per-view. The same with uh, June 5th pay-per-view as well. Then Saturday, July 2nd, Money in the Bank. Saturday, July 30th is SummerSlam, the first SummerSlam not taking place in August. Saturday, September 3rd or Sunday, September 4th, pay-per-view at a to-be-determined location. And then Saturday series uh, at the Boston Gardens as well. Jaxie, what are your thoughts on that? Because I've had a couple of takeaways from the pay-per-view schedule. I mean, I'm just a little bit overwhelmed with how many <laughs> things are going on. Wondering if I have the time for it all. I, f- I think as a Brit, I'm happy that Saturdays have become like the go-to day now because the amount of days off work that I've missed staying up to watch uh, Raw Rumble or, you know, like I said, with some money in the bank, both on Saturdays as well. And, of course, the September yeah, pay-per-view, exactly. uh, there's rumours that it is going to be WWE pay-per-view in England. And, I mean, we have been waiting that when you consider it's really? 20 oh, years, 20 years since we last had, the 20 or 30 years since SummerSlam. How old am I? 30 oh, years really? since SummerSlam. <laughs> 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 No, seriously, I mean, that, don't count that, no, I mean, listen, insurrection never counted. <laughs> yeah, it was filler. <laughs> it was filler wrestling, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it was filler, complete filler. So, you know, st- n- none of the storyline was relevant, nothing. So it didn't really matter. Well, I can't. I mean, wow. if, that, if that is true, <laughs> we are going to have to do a WNR you know, meet up and actually attend this. Yeah, I know. It's too good to not not do. Well, this is the thing, and if the rumours of an AEW show, you know, obviously Craven Cottage uh, being owned by Tony Khan as well, we could have an AEW super show and a W pay-per-view in the UK, and that's uncharted territory. I I definitely would have been at Fighter Fest had it has been in the UK. So I'm just itching and waiting and biding my time until I hear AEW coming to uh, London because there's no way I'm not going to be attending that. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I think we, uh, if, if anybody can get a chance, because the thing is with WrestleMania, Monty, you've been to a WrestleMania, haven't you? Yeah, I've been I've been to a, I've been to a couple and um couple. I plan I, I'm thinking of going to I'm thinking of going to Dallas. Yeah, yeah, I've been to a couple. Right for some. <laughs> I'm thinking of going to Dallas, you know. Uh, so it's right in my it's in striking distance, right over there in Dallas. So there you go. I guess we might be doing a road it's trip to Monty's then. Yeah, is your decision dependent on like what matches are going to be on the match card for WrestleMania or? Yeah, I mean, right now, I, I, part of me just want to go see because I, I'm that interested in whatever they're doing with Roman. But at the same time, uh, I do want them to flesh out the card a little bit more. And uh, I can't wait around, though, because WrestleMania tickets, they will get snapped up fast. So it's just something I'm deliberating on, saving money, you know, stuff like that. Well, let us know what you decide. Yeah, and then we'll come along. Just, you know, we'll be 
<laughs> we've got some with some of the same ways. That's how I feel when y'all bringing up the London show. I'm like, I, I hope y'all y'all gonna do a Dublin well, meetup. If you take us to Texas, <laughs> we'll bring you to London. We'll, we'll Listen, do... <laughs> if anyone wants to sponsor the WNRC, yes, to go please. to the event and join up with the rest of our Over the Pond WNR podcast, feel free to get in contact with WNR and we can arrange that. I mean, if you want us live, let us be live all together. It's up to you. Just think <laughs> of the children. Come on. That works. Think <laughs> of the children. I mean, I would like to now say that I'm part of the WNR cast as well. So that includes me too. You can't send one twin and not the other. That is actually true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Lie, yeah. You don't want to separate, separate sisters. Why would you separate <laughs> twin no, sisters? No, you wouldn't you would do that. <laughs> it would be very cool to attend one at some point together. That'd be so fun. Well, For sure. Like, the the thing is, in America, and, and the people have the chance, uh, and we really don't. Great if they bring a pay per view here. So at least something of sure. AJ Styles winning the WWE title here, but that was in Manchester, and I only go see it in London. So you know what I'm saying? It's very very yeah. difficult for WWE. Yeah to kind of do something like that. But we'll, we'll see what happens there. WWE schedule, very, very interesting. Like I said, with day one coming up as well at the start of January after next week's Survivor Series, that will be the next date. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, we have some news as well. And we heard about Jim Ross has confirmed he's back on uh, skin cancer. The 69-year-old veteran broadcaster has been part of AW since the very beginning. Uh, revealed that he's been diagnosed with a disease and a weight decision on the best course of action. Of course, a lot of rumours that maybe Joe may be JR's last commentating gig for a little while. Uh, Gina, what kind of impact has JR had as a commentator, not only in the kind of history of wrestling, but with AEW? I mean, he's just a legend in himself, really. I mean, when I was younger, watching and listening to JR on the during the Attitude Era, he just made he he made matches more exciting than maybe what they actually were um just from his commentary he was such a great personality to just have on the show that he was definitely missed when he would miss commentating on some shows so when we saw that he had joined the AEW team i was super ecstatic um especially because i knew that AEW isn't as restricting um they let the commentators get on with how they would like to commentate rather than have somebody feeding it in their ear constantly. And you can tell that it's not uh, as scripted as maybe the WWE commentators are. Um, But just having him come into the AEW brand and you know that he's also given advice to all of the new young wrestlers that are are coming into that brand. It's just nice and refreshing to see him there. And I, I really wish him a speedy recovery because that's not something I'd even want to wish on my enemy, really. Oh, no. Like I said, and, and, and the thing is, people think JR's commentary has maybe changed and he's kind of more grouchy recently. But I was watching Fire Series 96 and he was moaning to a man about the amount of referees in a match. So he's been doing it for 25 <laughs> years. And like I said, the guy is an absolute legend. And hopefully tonight he can make a kind of another legendary call as we can throw so many in, you know, through the act or anything like that and like I said best wishes to uh, JR yeah can I also do a little shout out as well for um, Eddie Guerrero it's 16 years today that we lost him and it is a big shout out to him he's never going to be forgotten about that for sure 
like I said, Eddie Guerrero, one of the greatest to ever be on Twitter as well. When people just think he's a great wrestler because he died young or whatever it was, people go back, watch his body of work, you realize yeah. uh, what he was as well. As saying that, me and Monty were going to speak about last week, but left the show is Ring of Honor because their press release sent shockwaves through the rest of the industry. As they said, many people will be losing their Although Ring of Honor will continue to pay its talent till the end of the year, but come January 2022, everyone will be released and none of the contracts will be picked up again. The idea, if uh, Ring of Honor starts again in the first quarter of 2022, the company will use free agents instead of uh, contracts as well. Their final show, December 11th, which is a pay-per-view, appropriately titled Final Battle. And of course, it was formed in 2002, was acquired by Sinclair Broadcast Group in 2011, been losing Apparently, uh, Monty, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, like you said, it sent shockwaves, and for good reason. You know, uh, Ring of Honor is literally the reason why everybody, every everything that you really, you literally like about pro wrestling of the last, you know, fifteen, twenty years, possibly, uh, you can give credit to Ring of Honor. You can give credit to guys from Ring of Honor, the Brian Daniels that we that we that we're getting ready to pay money and enjoy a, a great performance again from guys like Brian Daniels from guys like CM Punk, people on this card, literally full gear, you know, like we're talking about with Adam Cole and Red Dragon. Uh, it's just, I can, I can go down the list. If I listed everyone with like the Cesaro's and the Kevin Steens or Kevin Owens and uh, Tyler Black's, AKA Seth Rollins. Like if I just went down the list of how many greats have touched ring of honors canvas, uh, I could, you know, literally fill up the rest of however long we're supposed to be doing this. So, uh, you know, it, it really sent shockwaves to the wrestling community to hear that. You know, I don't know anyone who, who wasn't devastated when you hear about an entire company having to, you know, basically sound like they're closing the door. They're having to reevaluate things and figure out what's going on. I mention it all the time, though. I always say, it, especially when we bring up Impact, and like I, I say it all the time. I, it was a few years ago. I thought Impact was done, literally, just like yeah, don't need to worry about Impact anymore. They'll be out of business before you know it, and they're still here. So, you know, they can come back. It can be a rebrand. You know, same thing with the NWA. When all that, uh, when the speaking out thing happened with NWA's management or whatever, I was like, okay, well, uh, NWA is irrelevant now. They're probably going to have to, you know, shake back. And here we go again now. As as time has went on, they found a way to put on shows and get through. So uh, it's, it's possible Ring of Honor may not be completely gone, but this definitely sent shockwaves. And it's just like everyone is released. Like what else can you say other than like, the entire roster is uh, is free, and that may be that may create exciting scenarios for some of these uh, workers. But there's also a lot of people who just depended on Ring of Honor as a job and all of that in general. So my heart goes out to all those people who have to adjust and figure out things now. Uh, but uh, you know, man, uh, I couldn't believe it when I heard the news. Well, this is the thing, and it reminds me a little bit of when um, WSW was bought by WWF, you know, back in the day, and you had the influx of talent in WWF, and it seems the opposite has happened on the independent scene. When you know, the amount of releases from WWE, you know, over 100 talent, and now Ring of Honor happening here, is there too much talent to go around? I know it sounds crazy. I mean, what are your thoughts, Jax? Is there, you know, we talk about someone like Braun Strowman, who was WWE champion, who's not been picked up yet is it just too much talent and not enough company showcasing because AEW can't sign everyone can they i mean uh, you you just hit the nail on the head there really i i to agree with uh the statement of that right now there is a lot of free talent 
um, that deserve to actually be in most of these promotions, uh, it's just not it's just not possible. And you know, uh, a, a lot of this can can really be pointed back to you know the pandemic and everything that is with it. But a lot of it is to do with uh, current companies as well, and that is the main the main one is WWE with the amount of releases that they've been doing over the past year and a half there there's too much to catch up on and so then you get this pipe bomb of a news comes from ring of honor and and yeah we are now at a stage where even though we are very rich and lucky in content in wrestling content there's there's not enough promotions for the amount of talent that is going around does that make sense yeah yeah, no, I think without a doubt, you know, I think we, we've seen it as well where other talents you think will definitely get signed up. And it's even someone like Bray Wyatt where you think, oh, he's, he's definitely going to debut like, you know, Dynamite or Impact. And now we're not yeah. sure. And then the latest... Yeah, there's a lot of rumours when it comes to, you know, even whether or not they, him and WWE are playing everyone. So who knows? We'll have to kind of see with that one. But I'm definitely intrigued to see where he'll go because... I mean, the likes of Bray Wyatt can't stay uh, under the radar for long. There's too many promotions that definitely want to snap him up. Well, we may see silver screen before we see him back in the wrestling ring because apparently Calisom Studios owner Jason Baker told uh, Metro that he and Wyatt, real name of course, Wind and Rotunda, begin shooting in a filter theme, filter film even, uh, in Tennessee later this month. <laughs> he said he's a phenomenal collaborator, he became a really good friend, and we're actually, you're the first person that we're probably telling about, we're starting a film at the end of the month. He describes the movies Itchy the Killer meets Xanadu. And we Rotunda was... Ooh. We Warner Brothers last month as well, which fused speculation that he might not be wrestling return and might be going to Hollywood as well. Uh, of course, his 90-day uh, non-compete is up as well now. Gina, where would you want to see Bray Wyatt go in a feature horror film with him or back to maybe AEW or even WWE? I mean, I don't want him to go back to WWE. <laughs> <laughs> My reasons for that, can I explain it, is just because I think Bray Wyatt has such a creative mind and WWE just would not give that to him. They would not let him do the full the full works on what he was he would love to do. Um, so I would love to see him go to a franchise that would let him have that, you know, creative freedom, um, whether that be Impact or whether that be AEW. I preferably would like to say AEW just because of his link with uh, Brody. And I just think he would fit in well um, with the franchise itself. But I also wouldn't be mad if he went elsewhere. It would just nice to be nice to see him g- let his creative juices flow, you know. Um, but I also think he would be really awesome in a horror movie because, he, again, he has that creative side to him. And I would truly believe him as a villain, um, you know, making us all scream and get scared. I totally would love to see that too. Preferably AEW, though. We'll be interested to see what happens. And speaking of hobbies in wrestling, a AAA Big Lucha event, which is scheduled to be held uh, at the Messed Up Fair in Mexico oh, State oh, no. on November 10th for Like a Psycho Clown, uh, has been cancelled after local drug cartel oh. La Familia hung up banners <laughs> on overpasses, <laughs> announcing that urgent message we inform all the artists who are going to perform 
fair not to perform at the venue to avoid the <laughs> spilling of innocent blood, including layers what? due to the actions of that bum. The businessman Mario Garcia, they're prohibited from performing. Respect our organisation and we respect your lives. Monty, what the fuck is this? What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can you explain? Is, I didn't even think this was like, real. Serious? <laughs> like, I mean, sorry, go back. What? <laughs> what? Basically, a drug that cartel. Even sound real. <laughs> a drug cartel was threatened to spill innocent blood at a AAA show due to promote and not giving the money. Is to... this a movie? Bitch. <laughs> It sounds like a, it's movie like a bad movie, like a horrible movie, like just a movie that just went off the rails. You know, it's like it is a such thing as like wrestling horror movie. That's what that sounded like. I, I, I'm just asking, like, is that for real or is that just like a rumor that's going through? Yeah. And in re- realistically, like maybe half the wrestlers like just like have like Goldberg you know, was murdering people at Santa Claus once before. You see how what that story in that movie got a lot in common with what you just said, like a bus, that, that a bus carrying members of the band Laradictva who were set to perform an affair was also attacked <laughs> by gunfire on Friday oh November 5th. No, As a result, wait. they what? have cancelled oh, the whole fair. Apparently, it's, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> sound like Grand Theft Auto. Like a, uh, a video, sound like a video I, game. Um, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Crazy uh, well thing. Crazy well. I was saying oh, I was saying oh no originally just because you mentioned triple A and I was like, oh Lord, what a show that's gonna be. Cause you know it's always something absolutely insane on triple A shows. But <laughs> when you explain all of that, I yeah, I don't know what I don't have anything else to say, man. That's just insane. Yeah, I I've got no words really on on yeah, I have no words. I mean, just let me know when the film trailer is out. Well, good luck. Wrestling ain't that important. It's not that important. Don't do that show. Good luck. Don't do that show. Okay, that's all I got. TR, who's going to be defending the title belts in Mexico. Good luck. Uh... <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> might want might have wanted to lose that match against Samurai Del Sol. Should have gave it up. They shouldn't have won it off the the Lucha Brothers. They should have said, "Come back, take the belts back." <laughs> oh, you can have it. Well, oh no, I'm about to say no. But we'll move on from that anyway. And now for something completely different, because I want to talk about title belts. And I've been moaning about this for a very long time. Now, Monty Jackson, you probably know me a little oh, bit. Oh, here we go. Look, there's always things <laughs> that annoy me. <laughs> Old man James. <laughs> no, I just. I just Look. Get off my lawn. That's what you sound like right now. <laughs> Look, from a championship belt, I may be wrong, but the wrestlers are holding it the wrong way round, right? <laughs> All I will say is that if, you re- if you've got a book or, book or a, a, as the kids won't know now, but like a DVD, and you're reading it, <laughs> the letters are always I don't know, facing right down, whereas like Kenny Omega, Roman Reigns, always hold a W title belt the wrong way round. I never understood it. I mean, I never um, really I noticed they... this until you pointed it out, if I'm true. <laughs> as shiny as that AEW belt is, that's what you notice? <laughs> like, they're, they're trying to distract you with the shine. No one cares that it's upside down. That belt is beautiful, by the way. Uh, yeah. okay. what, what about, that... what about you talk about title belts looking good. 
Only you would notice these things. That's the problem. TBS or hose? Because I was speaking to Jaxie about TBS title. No, I give you that one. That was fair, actually. No, I see. I I don't know how you see that. It says hose. I don't. Only his brain. I I know what you mean, but like, I I just don't see it. It's All just... I know is, is that please don't let Jade Cargill win because I'm tired of her saying the bitch show. Oh my god! No, no, I'm yeah, just sick please. of it. I mean, I'm just sick to, of to be it. honest. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want her. Like, listen, right? I lo- I love what Jade is doing, but I don't, I specifically don't want her to be the first to win that belt, specifically because she wants to name it like have that TBS chance <laughs> for that. Like, no, that bitch show. That is not. That does not roll uh, off the tongue. Let's not start the reign <laughs> of that championship under the, the the title and lineage of that bitch show. Listen, we don't need to go there. Let's let's actually try and like solidify the spell and not ruin it right off the back front. Yeah. But so let's let's, let's calm down with the that bitch show. But if they've got um, the title the wrong way thing. round, if they've got the title the wrong way round, it's the SBT show. So, you know. And what would that stand for? That's what I'm saying. It's just wrong way round. You'd be reading it incorrectly. So you need to hold the title belt the right way. Or they'll think... I mean, like, but show bitches there's dead. An argument to have. <laughs> there's, there's an argument to be made, sorry. Um... If you want to talk about it realistically, whenever it's over the shoulder, it's always going to be the wrong way around because the belts are supposed to be horizontal, not vertical. Oh, so, wow. oh my God. If we're going to go deep with this belt talk here. Now I see why Knight goes through his belt around like garbage. <laughs> like, oh my God, who cares? But I'm just saying, like, if we're going to go it's belt point. talk it's here and James really wants to go in on, these, on the way that they're being held, they're always being held the wrong way then. Because right. they're holding them vertical when they should be, uh, no, yeah, yeah, and uh, horizontal. So the Rock was one of my yeah. favorite wrestlers, and he used to just just carry it and just fling it around. So yeah, but he I, held I mean, it the right Austin, way. He had, Austin Austin fling it around. It. <laughs> really, I, you were the only one trying to read the belt. We knew what. <laughs> <laughs> you will know what the belt. We know what it say. It got their name on it. It says World Wrestling Entertainment slash Federation. Not the new belt. The new belt just got the stupid logo. Oh, my God. I hate the way the belt looks. Oh, it's so generic. Don't get me started on this, James. This is not a good conversation. All right? I know what you've done, James. Look what you've done. What I'm so many better belts in that WWE belt. Oh, my one, God. One of the things that made me laugh the other day was I was watching Raw. That wasn't it. But Riddle and Orton and the Velcro on their belt stuck. So as they're trying to get the belts, it's like a war between the two of them. When Wait, did you they, Raw? When did they put Velcro on belts? Was it just WWE? Because I couldn't believe it. Wait, uh-huh. is that another small detail? detail? I didn't even know. I didn't even know that. Is it now? <laughs> Wait, I knew like didn't Daniel Bryan's like eco-friendly? Belt? I think they did snap, right? I don't know. That was got... that one was Velcro. They've got What's like a Velcro that? strip on the new belts, so you got where it should be attached with the buckles, whatever. Instead, it's just Velcro. Oh, okay, so they are bu- doing budget right. clips. They even got the they had the keeping <laughs> up the way they. There's <laughs> more than one way to cut budget, you guys. 
Yep. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, not in NXT, but they've got Velcro uh, in WWE. And I guess title belts. <laughs> yeah, so wind you know, with uh, it can annoy some people. Uh, so, what about the spinner belt? The logo was always upside down and messed up. So, yeah, you, you hated the spinner belt. Everybody hated the spinner belt. Come on, <laughs> that's not, that's not whoa, whoa, yeah. CC. Okay, that's how I know y'all were not around in 2004. That was hot for a couple months. Listen, just oh, like oh. Uh, again, 2004 was I think pretty predominantly when I they kept that belt way too long. No, I think that was when I stopped watching WWE. You know what I mean? So yeah, you got that right. Oh my goodness, you missed John Cena whole life, the whole career. No, I, I you no, couldn't I, see him no, anyway. It's fine. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot he was invisible. My fault. <laughs> just watching one guy just wrestle the win. For 20 years. <laughs> yeah, basically. Right, okay, so <laughs> next, the next one, my Dynamite Rampage in a minute. Before that, this is a that I've had a few emails about that I've we've discussed before. Uh, basically, with AEW, does funny equal money or should you be more serious? <clears throat> now, Jack, see, I'll go with you first because I know you've been quite a fan, but aren't the elite just the faces at this moment in time? As in, do do you honestly mean as in an actual face, or do you mean like as in like are they just the actual faces of the company? As in, they're trying to get over as the good lady should be the heels, and they're doing too much fun stuff rather than being serious with the AEW World Title. Um, as told, it's the main title, and comedy shouldn't be selling it. Um, I, I think I think that is definitely um a difference of opinion on certain people. I think it could go either way because both uh sports and entertainment uh sell and they and they sell to different uh uh audience members different different ranges. Um I think that with the way that everything has been done so far um I don't personally have an issue with the way that uh sort of the elite have been having this sort of like bit more of a comical side it's especially because uh, when you if, if you if you're a fan and a veteran of uh aew from the very beginning um you you can see how serious the elite can be uh you can see how uh you know their seriousness can sell um and yet this is a whole nother side to them um that we're getting you know two years later at this moment in time where they are are a lot more comical because they are a lot more arrogant and they should, really shouldn't be, especially when you look at the Young Bucks and, and the excellent match, but still a loss that they took to the Lucha Brothers. So at this moment in time, I think it kind of fits the personality and it fits the narrative with the way that they're going about these things. Now, that being said, when it comes to the match tonight, and we'll get further more into detail when we start discussing tonight, um, I don't think that there should be much comedy that that surrounds the main event of Ford Gear. Um but with everything that they've been doing so far, especially with the uh you know sort of Halloween special dress up that they did, uh, I don't personally have an issue with it. It's it's really fun for me to be able to see these men be able to carry different personas and actually sell it. Um and I think you know in in my opinion I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So in my opinion they have sold it. Anybody want to disagree with Jackson? 
because when when the inner circle were kind of like the elite when they were heels they also had some slight comedy factor to them which i i also enjoyed um and i i will also say that when they they can get serious at times so even going back to the lucha brothers and the young bucks match it obviously got quite serious especially in terms of they 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 shed blood they put the um the pins on the on the trainers and were you know attacking the lucha brothers with that and there was blood everywhere so for me that was more of a serious rather than comical match so it's nice to see them kind of juggle it a bit it would be nice to see them a bit more less comical when the storyline is getting a bit more heated or the closer it's getting to the pay-per-view the comic kind of tie tie down a little bit so it would be nice to see a bit more of an equal balance to see them be very serious during some parts and then comical again at the others but all in all I've I've still really um, enjoyed their heel turn since they've changed I think without doubt, I think it was just for the Ghostbusters outfit and stuff like that. I mean, Monty, what were your thoughts? Is that the same? Yeah, I don't, I don't really have a problem with too much that they're doing. You know, I, I can understand that kind of that can turn off certain audience, but I'm a goofy individual myself, so I'm laughing at stuff that's not even funny. Dominic got destroyed the other day on Raw, and I was chuckling the whole time. Bobby Lashley <laughs> was killing him and uh, replacing him. Because uh, as much as I like Dominic in the ring, he gets on my nerves as a character. He does some of the stupidest stuff I can think of sometimes. But anyway, but I'm li- that's a that's a that's a whole nother rant. I, I find things that's not supposed to be funny funny all the time. Roman Reigns is very very disrespectful, and I find myself laughing all the time. I still think he gets the point across. Seth Rollins with this horrible bop bounce that he does every time he he's dancing out with his entrance. He looks like an idiot most of the time just in what he's wearing. But also with the mannerisms and all of that, he looks insane. So it works both ways. It's hilarious, too. Sami Zayn is another guy who's good at that, at coming off very insane, being annoying, but at the same time can crack you up if you're listening to what he's saying. So a lot of wrestlers em- employ that today, and I can understand if that's too much for you. It, it all depends. Wrestling's supposed to be fun. So it all depends on what's, what's fun about it. I enjoy the athletic aspect and the entertaining aspects that a lot of people try to throw into their wrestling. Some people prefer the, just the athletic part or just the grappling or, you know, some people are just there to look at uh, their, their crushes or their fantasy men and women. I don't, you know, you, you'll be surprised at what people, some people get out of wrestling, but it's supposed to be fun. So as long as you're having fun, you're not bothering nobody. Enjoy wrestling how it comes, in my opinion, because that's how I do it. That I will Preach. say. Yeah, exactly. Amen. Uh, right, so let's get on with it then. We've got Dynamite and Rampage. We've got two of them. So we're going to do them now. We'll masturbate in the middle. So we start Dynamite November 3rd. Of course, we get the intro video and the first match is Alan Angels versus Kenny Omega. And Omega regained the upper hand in this match but an arrogant pin attempt had announced his question if it proved costly. It didn't. The champion uncalled multiple V-triggers and scored the pinfall victory. And after the match, Omega cut a brief promo claiming he can Angel's career, just like he gave it to him, by the way, in a match in April 2020, before he could deliver one-winged Angel onto the chair. Hangman Page made a save. Now only missing a buckshot, Larry, as Omega escaped to the sanctuary on the floor. Jaxie, what do you think of this opener? Yeah, I mean, you've, you've got to give Alan Angel's credit where it's due. He was like a, like a little yo-yo, just get up and down, up and down, just trying to kind of match... Um, <laughs> match Kenny Omega's sort of speed because Kenny is is quite a fast wrestler in the ring. And he had some great spots. He had some great moments. 
you've got to give him credit where it's due. I thought it was a great opening match. I think without doubt, we get Malachi Black giving a promo backstage where he asks why power think decisions serve more than their own interest. Tony Khan barring him for ringside isn't going to change anything. And then back for commercial, we get CM Punk making his entrance, getting the mic. First, he addressed John Moxley, who will be entering an inpatient alcohol treatment program as announced by Tony Khan. I've shown respect to the former world champ. He implored anyone who needs help to reach out and ask for it. Then he turned his attention to Eddie Kingston, who interrupted an interview Punk was in the middle of conducting last week. He retaliated annoyed and pissed off about it. He challenged Kingston to meet him one-on-one next week in St. Louis. Gina, what did you think of this? I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. Is is definitely something that I think a lot of fans will be looking forward to. And I, I can't really fault um, any of them. I think they're both great wrestlers and they're bro- both going to bring a great match to us. So it's definitely something to look forward to. And I thought the CM Punk just telling everybody if they need help to get it. And of course, you know, mentioning John Moxley as well, I thought it was really nice touch. Yeah, that was definitely a nice touch. And I like the fact that they touch on, they, they always touch on it and raise it. Whereas for other promotions, <coughs> WWE, <laughs> um, they don't like to touch on they don't like to touch on taboo subjects like that. And I don't know if it's But I think it just makes, it brings a more realistic approach to it. And it was really nice. We'll be getting Mura promo saying he's facing Orange Cassidy. Backstage promo by the Super Clicks, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks turn into a wild chaotic melee when Christian Cage, Luke Swords and Jungle Boy took the fight to the trio. Spinning the arena, culminate with Cage living a concerto to Cole, leaving him writhing in pain to close out the brawl. This was pretty fun, Monty, with Cole getting his comeuppance a little bit. Oh, it's about damn time. The Elite had been pretty much dominating this feud. That was the only little downside I kind of had into getting into this whole super click uh, reunion versus Jurassic Express and Christian thing because it just seemed like the elite for a while there was getting the upper hand other than like a segment where I think Jungle Boy got Brandon, which we know we know he's the jobber. He's the bump guy, so it doesn't really matter as much, but it was cool to finally see the baby faces stand tall in the end. I was not expecting him to even actually get the concerto off, but it was a cool, you know, mm-hmm. nice little reference to Christian's past. Uh, it's nice, always cool with him and Edge, you know, getting, getting that little sadistic mode. So uh, it worked out. I thought, like you said, this is very fun, and uh, it was good to see the baby faces uh, finally get one over on the loudmouth, uh, you know, heels. I think without a doubt, and after a quick break, somehow Del Sol and Aerostar make their AEW debuts, challenging FDR, Hardwood, and Cash Wheeler for the titles. Challenger scored a near four stereo roll ups, but moments later it was Wheeler, Bennett for a minute, finished by Hardwood, and reversed the roll up by Aerostar for the win. Um, what were your thoughts on this, Jackson? I thought it was good to see Kalisto. I guess for others in AEW, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, uh, I. I felt like the the match itself was was quite good, but I mean, what do people have issues with having him there? Well, no, Kalisto thanked uh, memory of John Huber, but oh, spelled John J O H N, and then Chris Jericho and a few others came out to kind of have a go at Kalisto for spelling the name wrong. Oh, ooh. a typo um, I, I... for a typo, Jackson. A typo <laughs> on Twitter wow. with no edit button. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we all know auto-predict can be a bitch, yeah? 
There's no need for that. <laughs> exactly, you know. And John, John the H is the most popular version of that name, you know. So exactly. Like, it's an innocent, calm, and then it's not like, like he said Johnny or Jimmy or like you know he changed exactly. the whole entire name. Like God damn it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like if, <laughs> they need to calm down a little bit, a little bit. But I I really liked Aerostar because not only does he sound like a chocolate bar, but the mask <laughs> was glowing. And I'm watching, I go, is it, that mask well, glowing? Yeah. I'm not, I wasn't tripping out or anything that. It definitely looks like a little bit like a Nah, you was on Shroom, bro. I didn't see it. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more like glitter, glittery, sparkling uh, <laughs> or something. <laughs> He tried to kill himself a couple of times, which is always nice. Fun match, I suppose. Uh, backstage, <laughs> Tony Schiavone presents Sheeda with a trophy for 50 wins. Nala rolls rolls up to congratulate and says she's <laughs> hit a full-on roadblock. Uh, we see the inner circle make their entrance. Dan Lambert, the many years, Jin Co. make their entrance. Another anger-filled ramp from Lambert. Hager chose Jos Santos as the first opponent. Ortiz selected Arlovski. And after a promo for Paige Van Sant, in which she declared the desire to be the fifth member, Jericho selected, selected Lambert to join his guys in the match. Now, please tell me, Gina, that you are excited for this feud and match. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I definitely am excited to see where it goes and how, how it plays out, for sure. I... I... I'm not sure how it's going to go. I can't actually predict how it's going to go, but I'm definitely excited to see it. Look, as long as as uh, Dan Lambert is going to get his ass kicked because of like he's got he's got them. I, I can't even remember if this was me and Yusuf that were talking that had this discussion. But he's kind of like the Vicky Guerrero, or was it me and you, Dean? It was me and you, uh, yeah. <laughs> And I'm just getting actually to a point where every time I see a mic in his hand, I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> I mean, so, I'm going to be very controversial here. I quite like Dan Lambert. <laughs> of I'm course. Like you you Go away, he... I love the way he winds people up. I love seeing how angry people get, but that means that he's just doing his no, job doing well. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm really, I am excited to see how how farther it goes. I do think that um, Dan Lambert will lose and his team will lose, um, but I'm just really excited to see it. <laughs> At least someone is. Uh, will we please? Yeah. Uh, every time this, these segments kick off, oh my goodness, I hate them. I'm ready to skip them. I, I do not care about the MMA fighters trying to show that they can wrestle too. I could care less. I really do. I really can't. But I do have to give him. I, I give him. I'm not on the side of the MMA fighters. I just like Dan Lambert. Right, and I get that, and that's why I say I give him credit. He's he he obviously enjoys pro wrestling. Either has studied up or has he's a historian of it because he has figured out how to get heat and get whether it's go away heat, whether it's just the right heat that you need. He makes everywhere they go boo the mess out of American top team. So he's doing great at that. And I got to give him credit, but I could care less where this goes. So I'm begging uh, the elite. I mean, not the elite. See, I'm, I'm not, I'm thinking ahead again, <laughs> not even giving him credit. I'm begging the inner circle to get this over with. Please. Put him out of their misery. Well, we see Tony Schiavone's backstage with Matt Seidel, Lee Moriarty, Dante Marti, and Leo Rush. So now congratulates Martin on beating him on Friday, but he wants to train with Leo. That's fine. But plenty more people will train at him, like Lee Moriarty. They challenge the tag match, and they accept. 
Then we get Anna Jay versus Jamie Hayter for the AEW Hose Championship Tournament first round match. Uh, sensitive things were getting away from the associate. Rebel distracted official with Baker struck Jay from behind. Hayter delivered a short lariat for the win before joining her fellow Hills in a beatdown of Jay. Tay Conti made a save on loads on the Hills before hammering away at Baker. Thunder Rosa made a save, low chasing off the Hills to close out the segment. Jaxie, what were your thoughts on this? I love Thunder Rosa. I love seeing her come out to make the save. I think, you know, you can just hear how well she gets the crowd popping as well. Um, you know, it, for me, this this championship um, and, and this tournament, um, it's been really great to showcase all of these different women. Uh, but all it's done is solidify that I just, I, I just really want Thunder Rosa to win that title. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're all, we all want that. <laughs> we all... Yeah. That's what we deserve. We give it to us, please. <laughs> uh, we get Jay Cargill and Smart Mark Sterling cut the promo, and they're going to rename the TBS Championship that bitch show. That's a great idea. Oh. I, don't, I don't think. Thanks I a lot, James. That's <laughs> uh, no. all right, <laughs> Then we see someone who's more annoying than me, MJF, making his presence felt and making his way to the ring to address Darby Allen, who'd been perched in the audience throughout the night. His promo asserted that he and Allen are pillars, just two totally different people, reminding fans that yet to be beat in the middle of the ring. They claimed he could beat Allen with a headlock takeover. Allen vowed to beat MJF for the wrestling match at full gear and came through the audience to attack his foe. Sting fend off Sean Spears, both of which were involved in a segment around with MJF and the crowd. The scarf-wearing heel bowed out and headed through the crowd to avoid further pain and punishment. Talking trash with Allen on his way out. Uh, Monty, what are your thoughts on MJF and Darby Allen feud? Yeah, man, I, I really like what they what they've done. You know, I don't really think they've done. They have they've had to do a lot to build this up, other than just give MJF a microphone and let him be as disrespectful as possible. Do what he does best, get under the skin of his opponent. And Darby is not really uh, a promo heavy guy anyway. He's a, he's a made man. Everyone loves Darby. They know what to expect from him when he's in the ring, that he doesn't really care about his body and definitely do, do not care about his opponent. So I, I expect them to do a really, really good job. And I think this can be a, a few that's really just kicking off. Like, I don't think they've even gotten started with how good this can possibly be or where this can go. Uh, but either way it goes, I think MJF has done a great job, including this segment right here, and just really being a piece of crap. And just like I said, if there's anybody, I don't know anyone in AEW or any, almost anybody in wrestling who's as good as, as him at just making you want someone to uh, not hit him in the face, not even win, because the end result, MJF rarely loses. A lot of people, I don't know if anybody really pay attention, but he's rarely lost in the AEW. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that someone gets a chance to get a little bit of a get back on him for some of the stuff that he's saying, the sleazeball tactics that he employs all around AEW. I, I really like everything that MJF does, and I thought I think what they're, what they're doing with Darby uh, can work. I think it'll be a it may surprise him not to not surprise people. I don't know if it'll be the match of the night, but it can it has a chance to be really really good. Can I say I something? Think that, I think that go on, go these two are, are. I think that these two um, Darby and MJF really have the early makings of becoming like you know like a feud that continuously sticks kind of like the rock and stone cold sort of feud or you know that that type of thing that could be just continuously something that they can forever go back to because they're both such great strong characters and like Monty said you know they're only just I I feel like they're only just getting started with 
with the heat that they both are bringing to one another. This could be something that they like, you know, they eventually always end up coming back to one another and just squaring off. And I think it would just be continuously entertaining. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to say something, and I know I'm going to get shit for it, but I'm going to... Oh, here we go, here we go. <laughs> no, no, no. I just personally... Yeah, MJF is a heel. I think The Miz is a better heel than MJF in every oh, way. And no. doesn't have to resort <sighs> to the cheap tactics that MJF does. I mean, if The Miz wants to talk about family members and stuff like that, he could. But he can do it a PG way and still get the fans to hate him. And still work Didn't The Miz debut MJF. in 2004? <laughs> He's supposed to be better than them, Jay. He's been wrestling for 17, 18 years. MJF has only been doing this in the, what, the past, what, seven, I guess? I don't know. I don't know when he started, really. But he's really just getting started. That's what makes MJF so good is that he can be this compelling, this young. So comparing him to somebody like to me who's, who's, who's older and established, I'm not saying you're wrong because I don't disagree. I think the Miz can do a lot. I just think he hasn't been given a lot to do that's been important from WWE a I lot of the time. Not but, having, he's not had that long to be able to probably get to a point where he would be on someone like the Miz's level. Like the Miz has yeah. had a lot more experience than him. So yeah, maybe maybe it is all down to experience. Um I I still think that MJF is still trying to find his footing, but he's going the right way about it. Because it's not yeah. cheap. You know, that's my problem with MJF is that anybody can say something cheap and get a reaction. It's that level of consistency as well that we I see mean, the, from him. Got that, got but he has no with, other redeeming qualities. That's a true villain. <laughs> like Dan, Dan Lambert and, and Don, whatever his name is, you know, that they both employ these cheap tactics too, and it works, you know? So um, I think MJF is doing a much better, better job than those two because he also is a wrestler as well. So let, let's give him some time. Let's not judge just yet. Well, a better hill than MJF. W is in action next because it is Cody Rhodes in action against Andrade. He'll <laughs> do. And uh, when it appeared as though Andrade's associate Jose would get involved, Arn Anderson came out and just shot everybody at ringside. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, Rose attempted a tope suicide and flew straight into a shot to the face by FDR, who had hidden under the ring. Elidolo finished Cody with a hamlock DDT for the win. After the match, the announcer reminded us of the business relationship between Ajade and the pinnacle. The Hills attempted to beat Rose down until Lucha Bros made the save. The kid at the Hills and stood tall to close out the segment. Uh, Gina, what do you think of this? I mean, I really, again, enjoyed this. Um, I... <laughs> I, I don't understand why everybody keeps booing Cody, but I'm also on on the front of I love Andrade, and even though he's he's meant to be heel, I do love him over Cody, but not for the same reasons that everybody else was is, is probably hating on Cody for. <laughs> I just love Andrade, and I love the fact that he's come to AEW and he's being you know put in in matches, given the time to show us how he is as a wrestler. Again, for me, when he was in WWE, he was only given three-minute matches here or there. Or, you know, I I just don't like how they didn't let him show off his, how good he is in the ring. And I, I've just loved seeing that. So, to be honest, I think anyone who would have been pitted against him would more be seen as a heel in my eyes because I'm just more rooting for Andrade all the time. <laughs> so, well, I am looking forward to the match, um, especially... 
I didn't I did not see the sort of um, friendship growing between Malachi Black and Andrade. I didn't see that those two were going to be paired together and work together. So I'm really, really happy with that. And I'm just looking forward to seeing how much farther this goes, because I have a feeling it's going to carry on past full gear. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. But we go to commercial when we're back. John Silver is interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Of course, Tony wants some Cole's arse. Uh, Silver cracks about him shaving his head and changes his name. Man's in a dark corner saying he's going to get Meat Man on Friday and kick some budge arse. There's just something so inherently <laughs> likeable about Joey Hungry. Uh, we see Brian Danielson join the commentary team. In the main event, Miro versus Orange Cassidy for the AW World Championship number one contenders tournament. We get a red-hot comeback after including the Tornado DDT. The dive that sent Miro crashing through the timekeeper's table. Uh, a beach break out of Summer and Cassie is an attempt at the orange punch led Miro, turned him inside out and applying the game over for the submission victory. After the match, Danielson made his way to the ring, coming face to face with a redeemer, of course, adding hype. Miro refused a handshake as a show, headed off the air. Uh, Jaxie, what do you think of the main event? I mean, it was just, it was just great. I mean, watching these two, it was really good. I mean, realistically, we saw the ribs of Orange Cassidy. I, even without seeing the ribs of Orange Cassidy, I would have thought Miro was going to win it. You know, like the way that AEW have been booking him is the right way right now. But he he was he needed to be in this competition, and I think he just did an excellent job at showing his level of desperation, especially when you look at his promos as well as to as to how much he wants this this opportunity and it's, if anything it's just kind of made me excited to continue watching how this tournament plays out and I think uh, you know I don't usually go against God most of the times but if there was a <laughs> fight between him and Miro I probably would back Miro at this moment in time you know because it's just so <laughs> just so great uh, what he's given us and another great dynamite now we move to Rampage November 5th the show kicks off with Brian Danielson versus Anthony Bowens in a singles match. Uh, this is Tony Khan's claimed after they call Khan a bad boss. Max Caster with an indirect reference to John Laurinaitis in WWE releases during his entrance rap. And then we see Danielson mm-hmm. beating Bowens. The finish came when the American Dragon locked Bowens in the bell lock and got the tap out victory. Monty, what were your thoughts on the rap and the match? My thoughts on the rap. Uh, Max Caster's raps are, uh, you know, usually hit or miss, I guess, for me. Johnson. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously a gimmick infringement. Yeah, obviously that. But I don't really, I, I kind of, I'm over that. You know what I mean? If you can, you know, at this point, at least he can do it. So I don't mind it. You know, if you want to talk about cheap, some of the stuff he get away with can be pretty cheap. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, but the match itself, I really liked. I thought Anthony Bowen's got a chance to show. Uh, he's been getting a couple of chances as of late to show he can do uh, in a singles capacity. And uh, sometimes uh, you, when some when t- people are in tag team, you don't necessarily always get a chance to see all they can do, how well they can handle themselves in a match. And just putting them in the ring with somebody like Brian Danielson and him being able to uh, not look out of place. I think that just shows you the the level of even someone who's in a tag team who's not at the top of the card every time. So, you know, AEW has talent everywhere, and I think this match was another good showcase in it as far as the match goes. But the rap itself, you know, whatever. Like I said, this probably was a, a so-so one. I thought the, the Laurinaitis reference w- uh, was cool, 
but it goes over your head if you had if you did not care about Total Bellas like I didn't. So yeah, because like mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know at first. I forgot that that Bellas the Bellas mom and Lurinitis had a thing. I forgot all about that. I don't care about Lurinitis. Uh, when I think about him, I think about people power, and that's PTSD. So we'll <laughs> leave that alone. We need to series binge Total Divas and Total Bellas. I think no, on... no, <laughs> well, I mean, no. I mean, what a what a joyous weekend that would be. Uh, CM Punk <laughs> is in the ring for the face to face with Kingston next. He calls him out. Uh, Punk explains he wants an apology. Kingston apologizes for being homesick, thinking he had COVID. He apologizes for robbing the world of CM Punk versus Owens Cassidy. He plays the world's smallest violin for Punk. Uh, he says Punk used to be a hero of his alongside Joe, Amazing Red and Homicide. They inspired him, but Punk turned into a low-life bitch. Uh, he said Punk turned into a shithead over the years. Don't hold back, Eddie. Tell us how you feel. Uh, we see them basically, no one in the AEW locker room wants Punk there, but they're afraid to say it. Kingston challenges Punk to a match at full gear. Punk accepts, said it would be more appropriate maybe for Elevation or Dark for Eddie. And he pulls to the crowd and accepts the challenge at full gear. Kingston said he doesn't care about winning. He just wants to beat Punk up and quit again and go home for seven years. They come to blows after that line. have to be separated by a ton of people. Uh, Jackson, what do you think of this interaction between Eddie and Punk? Okay, it was just brilliant. Um, I really enjoyed this. Uh, some of the jabs that were happening, I was just like getting a lot even more lit for wanting to see these two square off against one another. Um, and, you know, the main thing that came out of this is that CM Punk headbutted Eddie Kingston. And it was, like, the greatest thing ever. I, I just, all I got was, you know, like, a, it was a real anime moment. Because when you when you are an anime watcher as well, uh, there's always an iconic moment when the main character gets a headbutt in and it's always going to be a, a headbutt that counts. And you just yeah. saw their carnage was setting off. The minute CM Punk initiated that headbutt, that was it. All hell broke loose. And I'm just so excited to see these two. I, I love the build-up. I think they both were going for it, for it and it just felt real. It felt raw. Eddie doesn't believe that this is all fake. He actually is 100% invested in this. I can't wait to see them let loose. I think Agreed. without that, it's going to be excellent. We'll run through the card in a little bit as well. In the backstage interview, Christian Cage, Jurassic Express, issue a challenge for Nicole and the Young Bucks for a false count anywhere match. We get Red Velvet defeating the Bunny in the final first round match of the TBS Championship. Finish came with Velvet now with the Bunny with a final slice. Really quick match. The Bunny's been wrestling for 16 years after every match she has. that's it. You talk about the Miz having experience. She's got 16 years' experience, the bunny. Uh, Mark Kennedy interviews Adam Cole and John Silver ahead of the main event matchup. Uh, Silver, then we start the main event match, which calls Adam Cole versus John Silver. Silver begins by mocking Cole's obsession with raising his arms in the air and saying his own name. And late, the young bucks are chased away by the Dark Order. Silver blocks a low blow from Cole when the rest back his turn, but he can't put Cole away. Silver counts Panama Sunrise, but runs into a super kick, and Cole hits him with the boom. It'll always be the last shot to me to win the match. Uh, Gina, what were your thoughts on this? I mean, again, another great match. Um, I, I definitely think that Silver is just is so good, and he's always so entertaining to watch. Um, Cole is—he's just, even though he's still sort of a new 
new entry into AEW. It just feels like he's been there for ages. And the way they both worked with each other was great. I think they helped to hype all of the matches that are upcoming for this pay-per-view um, with the involvement. I definitely think that it was it was very they worked very well together. And I actually would be happy to see another match between the two. Um, and I will go back quickly just to mention, I didn't realize the bunny had wrestled for that many years and fair play to her because she's actually really good. And I think if the following match wasn't going to be against Jade, I would have wanted the bunny to win that match. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to quickly touch on that as well. Mm -hmm. That's (laughs) The bunny show sounds much better, by the way, the bunny show. I'm just saying. Yeah, it does. Actually the bunny show, I will take that. (laughs) Don't, we're getting into weird. If I saw the bunny show, I think we'll, we'll hope that's a magic act. Uh, right, we'll, <laughs> imagine we'll, Bray Wyatt popping up with his bunny then, and <laughs> they can oh make another little rambling <laughs> rabbit, bugs bunny, <laughs> bad bunny, <laughs> battle of the bunnies. That'd be brilliant. Uh, right, oh gosh. we'll take a break from Dynamite and Rampage, of course. We got more episode of E. But at this moment in time, we are going to stop for a very popular segment in the show. And of course, it is mass debate. Now, sometimes, you know, you just want to take a break and mass debate. And that's fine. And we've been doing this a live show for a very long time. Now, Gina, you might know the concept, you might not. Uh, So basically, we're going to change it up a little bit now, because we've got two semi-finals. So we're going to have a subject for each and then the losers will face off in a third place playoff round. Yes, much like the World Cup. Wow. And then the final Thousand for third place. <laughs> the final <laughs> will be between the whole subjects is AEW versus WWE. Right? So Ugh. this is what we're gonna do. And just to change it up, because I'm sure Jackson and Gina, you get on like a house on fire. But you two will be facing off in the semi-final. Uh, so... <laughs> I, I had to do it. So what we'll do, me and Monty, Monty myself, we'll go first in this mass debate. And basically, it's a subject. Uh, we have to fight the corner for it. And then it'll be down to well, Gina and Jackson at this point to say who won between me and Monty. I'm not saying the last time we did it, it turned into a shouting match. So we might have to be a little more controlled but uh we've okay. got subjects and monty this he's is just saying it because he lost look all right motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> see see how fast see how fast see, he uh, you want to go <laughs> no right i'm fine i'm fine right, right. this is really on the defense here so <laughs> seeing as monty you're a w fan you do a w i'll go wwe then I'll yeah, a, yeah. All right, and then Jackson and Gina. Obviously, I think Jackson might have to uh, go with WWE. Yeah, yeah. So this is it's quite easy, and I think I will win this one. The first semi-final, Monty. The two subject. Well, it's quite easy. It's Britt Baker or Becky Lynch. Now, oh, <laughs> yeah. You have Britt Baker, Monty. So I'll let you start off with your arc. And then when you're ready to lose, I will begin. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess we're just going at, I guess the debate is who's the better champion or who do you prefer, I guess. Um, so uh, 
let's just get let's just go ahead and get it out the way. Uh, promos, hands down, one of the some some of the strongest promos on a week to week basis. Britt Baker has it. Catchphrase saves her every time, no matter what's going on. So uh, it, it works everywhere she goes. She's going. She's bound to get the DMD love. Her matches. I, I I actually believe, by the way, she's making a pretty big name for herself in street street fight culture. I guess they, you know, WWE have street fights or extreme rules matches. I guess uh, other than that weird extreme rules they had this year, don't I don't understand that one. Uh, no extreme rules matches except like one. Don't didn't get it. But anyway, besides that, hey, whoa, whoa, just uh, stick stick to your stick to. Your <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm just planting seeds. I'm letting everybody know that the, you know it's dysfunction on that side. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the point I'm making is is that the matches with Alba done. Of course, the classic street fight, not lights out, just brawl. It, it, come on, Thunder Rosa. I'll tell it this way: Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker's what, what they could possibly do in a feud together and what can be done if it's done right at the right time. I believe that that can be a bigger feud than what anything that be, that Becky has going on with anyone on raw currently. We've seen her with Bianca, who's probably the most over on raw and that that's pretty much already over. They probably can come back to it. And I'm pretty sure everyone would love it, but can you compare anything that Becky could possibly do with the Liv Morgan or anybody else on the raw roster to what, uh, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa are capable of doing together. We've seen what they can do just with that stipulation. But if you give them the time, if you give them a story, they can make magic again. And Britt Baker, honestly, she really hasn't even gotten a chance to flesh out her, uh, you know, contenders like who she's fighting against. You know, I would love to see her against Big Swole and other uh, women on that roster who she could have great matches with in possible programs. Give it time, but I'm telling you, Britt Baker is definitely can make a case to be the number one woman in the world just from not only her recent resume, but what she has done and what she's capable of doing in the future uh, with a, of course, with AEW's direction, giving her more leeway to do that, more freedom. So um, how that's many, my argument for Britt. How many AEW pay-per-views has uh, Britt Baker headlined? It's only four a year, first of all. So like, I don't. I don't understand why you're trying to compare something. When when one company does one every month yeah. and the other company does four a year, yeah. that number is always going to no, be inflated. So, so, what about in we, the last year? How many has Becky done in the last year? Oh, so if we if we say if we say them just the the top four them WWE the events the top four matter would be Rumble, mm-hmm. WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, of course. Um. Yeah, it looks like I think at the biggest of the big four events, the WrestleMania would obviously be the biggest show, not only in WWE, but in personal wrestling. What does this have to do with the man? I'm saying, well, who was the first woman to main event it? Uh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. uh, Charlotte. (laughs) Yeah. Charlotte is in there. Some some, some, some one else. I I can't recall. Yeah. So, I don't Someone know. else wins. Her shoulder was up, so technically she didn't win. You know that match still going right now as we speak. Her, that white shoulder was up. Becky Lynch <laughs> got more popularity and more love from not being at a Survivor Series three years ago than actually participating in it. That pose with, with a bloody nose in the crowd is iconic and started off a whole women's evolution. Ooh, which yes, one more iconic? Britt Baker's. 
Bloody face. Of course, Leeches was, was more, more iconic. Leeches was more was iconic in that moment in time. One of them was a bot. One of them was in the middle of a great match. <laughs> but she doesn't. But Lynch didn't need to have a match become that popular. The whole man ah. gimmick was outselling. She was the most popular talent on the whole roster, not just in the women's division, but overall. This is a woman. You can thank Nia Jax for that. This is a woman who's held the title since WrestleMania 35. Every time she's been an active roster member, mm-hmm. she's held a championship. They've brought her back. She's the most popular Man, you sound, you sound very recent right now. In, the past, in the past five years. Even the hill turn, <laughs> evolution. <laughs> WWE has the women's only pay-per-view. And the match I remember what? the most is Becky Lynch versus Charlotte in the uh, Falls Count Element No Disqualification. Hell, match. what do you want from me? You want me to go back to an Impact Supercard that Britt Baker was on from six years ago? AEW's only been around two years, uh, James. Don't get me wrong. And the two years, Baker was looking at uh, people like Becky Lynch saying, how can I become them here? Because obviously they're too big a star in WWE. And if now I'd get lost in the shuffle, whereas maybe I've become uh, a level. She will never become a level of Becky Lynch in AEW. But I mean, Britt, like I said, is an excellent talent. But when you compare the two, it's like it's not even apples and oranges. You know, you're talking about an F1 car compared to some kind of banger that gets Ooh. you around your estate. Don't worry, level of consistency and the DMD. But there's another three-letter word that's much more important. That's man. And Becky Lynch is the man of wow. the women's division. Sounded very chauvinistic there, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, right. Like, is there anything else you want to add to your argument? Because I'm, I'm pretty okay. happy with mine. I'm, okay, I think you feel like you made a very strong argument. I Everything I just mentioned, Britt Baker does that while also seeing people as a legit dentist. So there you go. <laughs> like, that, just simple as that. How many of you? Come on. Come the, on moment, that, the moment Bianca Belair beats Becky Lynch for that women's championship will be a moment we remember in WWE history, and that's what they're building up towards as well. So it's Lynch, it's Lynch building people up. And also, who's saying she won't main event another WrestleMania if someone like Ronda Rousey was to return? Rousey and Lynch is another WrestleMania main event. Adding your argument with ifs. I'm giving you facts, guys. I'm giving you facts. That's all I, that's all I got to say. Right, Jack, he's going so off the past. <laughs> he's going off time. Going off AEW future, didn't even is, exist. If we go about the future, Lynch has come back and delivered more bangers in the past month and a half than she than anybody has in recent times. You think of the matches with Charlotte. That she, well, the match with Charlotte she's going to have at Survivor Series. The couple of bangers she's had with Belair. Oh, look, that match hasn't match happened. It could, a, it could be a cluster. How how you going to put that match in there and it hasn't even happened yet? Lynch has had better matches over her career than Britt Baker has had. Uh, You know, Lynch on her worst day isn't Britt on her best day. Oh, my goodness. See, you love doing this. This You proved it earlier with your Miz versus MJF stuff. Like, what? (laughs) They were just celebrating the anniversary of Becky Lynch for I don't know how long, like almost 20 years or something like that of wrestling. And besides, they're not even to talk about how long she's been doing it. You consider all I can pull from is literally the last two years. And you're mentioning the heel turn and all of this stuff, pre-2019 stuff and all that. Whatever. You can you can stick to that. If that's the best argument you can make whatsoever. But I'm trying to tell you guys, Britt Baker is the, obviously the future and has a chance to be 
the biggest female star in this business. If, especially if they're, they're as the face, now. Especially as the face of the, the women's division. If some bucks. Oh, yeah, if she might be the best woman. Might she might be. get an injury she, I, in a match tonight course. and not be able to wrestle again. But, hey, if so some now bucks... You, now you're wishing is, injuries to make your point stronger. Now you're wishing injuries on Lynch people to make your point stronger. Lynch got injured. Who sounds the women's division? Lynch was still injured and still the biggest star. That's how huge she is. One, how many times Becky Lynch pulled out thumbtacks? Walking <laughs> 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 down to the details. One no, woman is way tougher than the other. Okay, right. <laughs> All right. So Jack C, G, the Jack C, you first. Who are you going for in this one? Uh I think you, first of all, I think you both made valid points. Um, Rip the band-aid off. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Listen, right. I, I'm good. Right. I might actually make an unpopular opinion here. But the thing is, it's not how, it's not, a, it's, it's a reflection from an outside point of view. And that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to actually side with James on this one in terms of the argument that was made. However, the only reason why he gets this win is because Becky has a lot more years on Brett Baker. So there's not as much of a detail. It's a resume, man. That, exactly. That being said, I believe that the likes of Brett Baker could surpass that of Becky Lynch. But for the sake of this argument, I think James won. This is rigged. <laughs> Gina, do you, do you agree? Um, sorry, I disagree. Um, I there think, you go. Uh, <laughs> I think I knew I like Gina Bell. <laughs> I knew. And this is nothing to do with my preference on AEW or WWE. If you ask sorry, me, it's, it's, if you ask me right. who knows, I would prefer to watch Brit hands down. I'm really sorry, Becky, but you cannot cut a promo. I'm. I, I just feel so. No, Speed. No. That's what I'm talking about. No, so, so it comes down to Whenever this. Whenever she goes through a promo, I feel like she's just over because of how hype WWE have done, like put her through. Even the whole mm-hmm. bringing her back, I think they brought her back just because of ratings rather than she was ready to come back. They brought her back just because of the ratings and just because um, CM Punk had debuted and they wanted some show factor hey. for them. So they brought Becky back just for that, squashing the um, the great build up that they have done for Bianca in three minutes like this right. massive build up for, okay. you tell they, smashed, they, they just let Becky just do one move and apparently all of that work that Be- Bianca has done was for now because Becky's back so just give it to her mm-hmm. so for me Becky can't hold a promo I think she, she needs to work better on that she is, a, she is great in terms of entertainment when she's wrestling with the whole bloody nose. Again, that was a fluke, though. She's lucky that she got her nose broke because that wasn't planned. And that turned into be, <laughs> being one of the biggest things. And great on her, great on her, but it was a fluke. It wasn't even planned. So she's lucky that happened to her. So but, for yeah, me, I feel like Becky has lucked into quite a lot of, of why she's so hyped now. So I'm going to go with Monty. Let's go. All right, Monty. <laughs> you made a very good point there. She did. Mm, oh, even Slynn Jackson. Hold Mon- on. No, Monty. Can she, can she change her feet? No, I'm just no you, <laughs> one of us will have to concede the other. And as you know me, you know I won that argument. So I don't mind you conceding now. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you, uh, of course you don't mind me conceding. That don't mean I will concede. Uh, 
I feel like this is going to be one of those things where we're going to have to agree to disagree on, <laughs> on where the status lies with this. We're completely 50-50, sir. I think I'm, I'm fine. You know. I if... actually my sister. I feel like she just really purposely wanted to oh. go against me. Yes, of, of course. Are you biased? Monty, do not see this AEW bias. No Lynch Let is me bigger tell than you Baker. This. You had me defending Vince McMahon to the point that, well, I'm sure people <laughs> thought I just was an idiot out here. Like, I'm just defending oh, you Vince. Struggled with that. You and now I, and, 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 right, I'm up here. I, did, I gave the greatest argument I could for Vince. You try, yeah, you did try. And now you think you I'm just going to stop? Here, I didn't believe half the stuff I said about Vince, and I still <laughs> posed that argument. So I'm not giving up here, James. We're going to sit here, and this mass debate will go forever. Like, you ever had one of the lengthy ones where you get sore? <laughs> you still have the third place playoff. So you still have another mass debate, even if you can see this one to win. <laughs> Oh, oh, now you're trying to sweeten the pot. You got all that same stuff, too. Why are you not specific, Jay? Because <laughs> my argument for the final one is fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Look, see, no, it's not. Bad, you wrote your catchphrase out, right? You got this. I, I'm coming up with this on the... I just thought about that. I deserve extra bonus point because I'm coming up with this on the fly. He writing little notes, got his catchphrase wrote out. He, he I'm, come, I'm pulling everything from my brain. You, you, y'all heard that? I, oh, it's a three-letter word more important than DMD. Oh, man, you know he planned that out. <laughs> come on. That went off the top of his head. I'm not confused. I just thought about it. We'll be here forever, James. You might as well just let them go, and maybe I'll consider conceding while they're going. Right, okay. Well, what consider conceding? <laughs> we will be considering all night. <laughs> the next semi-final, which I'm sure is going to be a lot easier. Uh, so it's Gina versus Jaxie. Oh, yes, it is sister versus sister. And the subject, according to said WWE versus AEW, it's quite a simple one. It's Kenny Omega versus Roman Reigns. Oh, Ooh. wow. Ooh. This is going to be difficult, actually. <laughs> this is going to actually be a difficult one. Especially because, you know what, before we even get started into this argument, can I like, just give you a few fun Why facts? Why you give me that? <laughs> Let me just give you a few fun facts. First of all, you've got me, myself, Jaxie, who is going to be vouching for WWE side and Roman Reigns. And then you have in, in the corner, my seven minutes younger twin sister, who is going to be vouching for AEW's Kenny Omega. Now, before we even get into this, I just want to uh, point out that the one person that my sister still continues to love, even though she's dropped really watching a lot of WWE content, is Roman Reigns. <laughs> and I'll have you the know chief. that Kenny Omega and me have the biggest thing in common, which is our love for Final Fantasy VII and the one-winged angel himself, Sephiroth. And so now you've got us both pitting off against Ooh, each other. Let's go cloud. That was cruel, James. That was cruel. Yeah, you actually cool. knew all of this. You did that on purpose. Let's go cloud. <laughs> let's go cloud. Can I just say, <laughs> I love the fact mentioned that seven minutes younger. So she's still seven old. minutes. <laughs> That's what matters. <laughs> right. I noticed that too. <laughs> Listen, I make I make sure this bitch knows that she's seven minutes younger practically every single day. Okay, she needs to remember. She needs to remember and know her place. So let's see whoa, how whoa, this goes. Whoa, 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 Emily, <laughs> Emily, <Carr. laughs> 
<laughs> I, I let her have her say because you know the best is left until last so I was just taking my time yeah, and yeah. chilling oh. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well considering like my sister is quite new to this I think I shall let her go first me go first so why well, Kenya Mega is better than Roman Reigns <laughs> and don't cheat like Monty <laughs> Kenny Omega is just an amazing, just an amazing person. Whether he's heel, whether he's face, he makes any character work that he's going with. Um, he has the experience of working with other promotions as well, like New Japan and other ones. Um, so he's bringing all of that experience from these different platforms to his characters as well. And he, he always he always follows through on everything that he says and that he's going to do. He follows through on it. So one thing I'll say about Kenny is he's consistent. He's great on his promos as well. I've never kind of heard a bad promo from Kenny Omega. And no offense to Roman Reigns because I do love love him a lot. He had to he it took him a while to get to that state <laughs> with promos. It took him a good while. Whereas Kenny, he just has that, you know, aroma about him. You're already you're already blown away just by his first sentence. So um Kenny, in terms of wrestling. He he never ceases to amaze me with his wrestling moves. He's always pulling something new out. It never seems kind of repetitive. Roman, again, took a while to get to that point. So for me, Roman's a bit of a slow burner. Kenny just has it already. He's just a star already. And um, Roman needed a, a few helping hands to get there. You know, and I, in my eyes, I think Kenny would surpass... Roman maybe if Roman had a few extra years behind him he might be on par but at this moment in time unless somebody else is helping him get there he's not going to get to Kenny's level ah wow that was pretty hard to like that's pretty hard to follow <laughs> okay listen right it's it's hard to be born into a family of greatness yeah just gonna start with that that is true roman roman had the impossible task of winning over the wwe universe knowing of his relation to his cousin knowing that the likes of mr one vincent kennedy mcmahon is always going to capitalize over blood thing uh and i mean like you know kind of like because of the of his connection with the rock and he he'll always go ahead and he will push the bigger men now, Roman is, was the perfect sort of uh, character and, and persona to start building the WWE empire around. You know, when you look at back at the Rock's tenure, how sort of he built up and, and how much his, he skyrocketed, the likes to be said from the look of, of Roman Reigns alone. Now, that being said, was he pushed a little bit too soon before he was uh, promotion ready, before he was wrestler ready? Yeah, probably. But he he did what he did and he handled his business. And now look at him sitting at the head of the table as the tribal chief running things. And this man not only managed to successfully get this uh, to this point and get a load of people who were extremely against him now actually all loving him. But he did that whilst also battling um, a, a health condition on himself. And he and he came back and he came back and he's even he's looked he's never looked better since um i think he's done a lot of re redeeming himself when it comes to uh some of the 
some of the dead promotions that um, WWE forced him to do at certain points. Um, and I believe that he uh, really has solidified like, the career and made the career that he needs to in order to skyrocket. So there's my argument. Yeah, but the difference between Kenny and Roman is Don Callis is 100% committed to being with Kenny, whereas Roman has to constantly scare his little enforcer, Paul Heyman, into remaining on his side. <laughs> Kenny has loyal okay, support. Like, if, if, if you're, if you're going to go ahead and actually, if we're going to go ahead and talk about lackeys now, like, no offence, but like, Roman Reigns has got that fear factor down. Yeah, Roman bullied his company to make him sure they were on his side. Okay, let's not go into the twin talk because of that. Like, if we're going to go and talk about the uses, like, (laughs) I'm going to definitely lose this because you know how I feel about anyone trying to control us. So let's not let's not go into the twin talk yet. But that being said, but if we're talking about what you're doing to them, Jay. (laughs) Yes, look at you, Jay. If we're going to talk about enforcers, Don Callis, Don Callis has not got much behind his back, but Roman Reigns has managed to instill fear into the one man that actually had the likes of Brock Lesnar in his corner. Do you know how much of a big deal that is? You know, No, listen, he solidified his own reign to a point where he made Brock Lesnar's little uh, pack mule turn into his own pack mule. Okay, Don Callis got fired. Don Callis, Don Callis got fired from Impact and then came running to Kenny. That, that's it. End of. Yeah, but at least he didn't come with an Impact wrestler's ringtone. <laughs> 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 to change his ringtone from Brock Lesnar. Oh my God. We all, that, that is not fair when we all know that what Vince McMahon wants, Vince McMahon gets. So let's not go down that route, yeah? Because right. we all no, no, like, Everyone has a team. Wow. Let's, right. Leave it there for a second. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, like we're chomping at the bit here, but we have got other ones. So, if but my opinion, if my opinion on this, right, this is my opinion who wins. Unlike. Gina's with Monty's argument. I'm actually listening to his argument and not making up my own there because her problem with Becky Lynch was obviously her problem. But again, I'm not talking about my masturbate. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I'm just saying, she was making her own argument with Becky Lynch that you didn't make for, for that. I mean, that is true. But anyway, but yeah. it is saying Gina said about the Paul Heyman story because for me, that adds, earning points there, Jack. That adds extra layer. <laughs> to Roman Reigns. So at this moment, I've got a side with Jaxi because I think Gina made a as point. If, as Reigns if it was got ever better... in doubt. Well, but I was going to say, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Monty, what are you thinking? Bro, it didn't matter if Roman was still walking out with that damn vest on, you was going to pick Roman. Why are you acting like <laughs> you you actually listen and care? You know, you was bi- you biased, James. You know that. Don't don't even try to play me like you even consider Kenny. You know, come on. And let me, this is my whole thing. A few years ago, this argument would be a joke. Kenny Omega was number one in pro wrestling, PWIs, like wrestler. When he was in New Japan, he was the world champion. He was number one in the world. And Roman Reigns was nowhere near on his radar. So I have to give Roman's character work and everything they've done with him a lot of credit for people to even consider him where he's at now. Everybody, no one will not include Roman in their top five probably wrestlers working right now. I don't think anybody who pays attention would not say 
that that's where Roman belongs. But uh, I I am always been invested in everything that Kenny Omega does. This, Gina, you're a hundred percent right on the money when you speak about what he can do as a character. Babyface, heel, it doesn't matter. Whatever you need him to do. When he was just running, in, when he was just in a tag team with Hangman, he had a match that people were saying was the greatest tag team match of all time. When now mm-hmm. now in his in his reign. A dominant reign at that. Yes, it's been a lot of shenanigans, but don't get me started on shenanigans with the Ray Roman has retained in his in most of his matches. Like you, like Gina mentioned repetitiveness. Come on, we all know how it's going to go down at the end of Roman's matches. At least Kenny provides us with enough nuance in his performances in the rings, in his character, with his character work. Sometimes Kenny's just going to go straight out there and wrestle. No shenanigans whatsoever, just like he did with, uh, with Alan Angel. So, it's, it's not always the same type of thing. The only time Roman wrestles is pretty much at this point is pay-per-view. The match input is different, even though Kenny don't wrestle all the time anymore either. Not trying to go there or compare that, but I'm just trying to say that it's really a tough argument. You can make a great argument on both sides, but I have to side with Gina's argument about Kenny based possibly, you know, on not only with her argument, but what I feel. <laughs> and you, James, don't say a thing to me because from the beginning, you knew exactly where you were signing. No, what what so I, I would say, say, what I would say is one of these wrestlers just uses the same three moves, you know, uh, the same three moves oh, used in every oh. match. Uh, what do you mean? You're talking about the Superman punch, the spear, and, uh, and what is even the third oh, no. move? I'm Roman talking about Kenny, I'm taking about Kenny Omega, the snap but dragon, Roman the beam trigger, the one-winged one angel. Kenny's got the three moves he use every match. Snapdragon, oh Kenny used to do trigger, one-winged he, angel. He That's all he's using. Rope. That's all he's he used using. to do the J-Driller. He got plenty of moves. During Don't the pandemic, Reigns was bringing armor to the match. You cannot wrestle an hour. It's disgusting. You cannot wrestle an hour with Okada with three moves. You cannot wrestle an hour with Okada with three moves. Sleep and move for 20 minutes. I've seen it. It's boring. The Okada match is overrated. It got six stars. You're talking about we're talking about AEW. We're not talking about what he did in Japan. Oh, okay. You're well, making right. again. Okay. You're adding an argument. To Kenny what Omega is not and John Moxley. Kenny Come Omega on. and Pac. Come on, man. He got. Don't don't try to act like Kenny hasn't been doing his doing great. Even before he was world champion, he was having great matches in AEW. Come on now. You can, yeah. you can, you can, you can admit your biases, James. Come on, you're the one. You are the one that is biased. You're the one. Ah, come on. <laughs> you knew exactly. Uh, All right. So the question I think, is: I think we do you guys into this into this argument? <laughs> Obviously, Gina has most sense out of the. Tw- no, I'm just. <laughs> uh, I'm still lying. Oh. This, this was definitely one we have to agree to disagree with again. So, but Gina, are you going to concede to your sister? You Don't you dare. I'm not conceding, no. Stay yes. You got to fight for your right to party. Right? I don't think we're getting anywhere with this thing. Come on, they sisters. You know they not budging. I can't believe you think they're going to quit. Come on, man. They're sure. twins. Well, I'm not backing down because I feel like my my answer was right. Exactly. Just concede. Just concede. You start off. So, 
The thing is, Monty, we've got a problem. You need to change your mind then. Because if I concede, I'm third place, but you need to decide. need to back Jaxie or hope I change Gina. I'm going to go Jaxie with this one. So what are you going to do? Hold on, hold on. Have you conceded yet? I can't agree until if you concede. If I concede, you're going to have to change, though, aren't you? I will if you can concede. <laughs> All right. I concede. I concede to you. Your Britt Baker oh, is better than Becky Lynch. Go on. What are you saying then? Oh, well, wait. If we're going to do that, then I'm going to like actually choose to opt to concede only because I still I still have to agree with Gina's points, even though I was fighting in Roman's, Roman's corner. I still... <laughs> Yeah. So after that, you made me concede for no reason. This is going to be the only time that I'm going to concede. So, so, so enjoy this victory, sister, because it's not. We've got it recorded. You know, I'm showing everyone. All right. So the final. I'm a genius. Just admit it. Final is Monty. Gina, we'll get on to that in a minute. We're going to do third place playoff then, so it's me and Jack. Oh, you, know, you don't sound excited about that at all. The third place <laughs> playoff. This is a good one. I'll go for WWE because I'm so biased, of course, in this argument. And it is New Day versus the Young Bucks. That is very, very simple. Jack C, do you want to start Bucks? And then we can all argue for another 20 minutes. <laughs> Okay, I mean, so I'm just gonna point it out there first and foremost. When you fight in alongside your brother, you're and and you're that much in tandem with that person, and you're not even twins at this point, then that there's there's gonna be magic that comes out of it. The young bucks have proven consistently, and I can even actually vouch outside of AEW their work at how in tune they both are with each other, how much they can trust one another, and how much and how good a delivery every single match that they consistently bring uh, to each match. Even when they lose, they manage to actually have the audience feel like that was their best match ever, and they continuously outdo themselves with each match they get. I'm not going to go in, into and break down why there is a strong argument to be made for the match of the year to go towards the Lucha Brothers versus uh, the Young Bucks in that steel cage match, because that is something that you know, AEW have been doing right, still Kickman, and it was incredible. Um, the Young Bucks not only have the talent within the ring, they have the talent to be able to be, um, uh, you know, great promoters. They they know how to talk on mic. They were the ones that also helped create this business. Not only that, but they've also like done it all when it comes to even writing their own book and successfully, um, you know, uh, catching on with when it comes to being authors and talking about their lives. They they have probably influenced many more young boys and girls everywhere um, to, to chase their dreams and to follow their dreams. And, and that is something that you can proudly see from their promotional work to their, their ring work, in-ring work. Um, they continuously show how much they care about the continuous growth of not only the business of AEW, but the wrestlers themselves, with how much they are they are willing to put over their opponents in the ring and make them look good. They have that humility within them to laugh at themselves and to turn themselves into a joke and actually go fully through with it and it works. Whereas they look silly, they're the idiots, 
and it still works and yet their wrestling is not is is never tampered with in terms of just because they're the comedians and because they take a few losses here and there they could they can afford to take those losses because of how good they are in each and every match that it doesn't really feel like a loss because everyone comes away from their matches feeling more elevated feeling more like a, a heavily adrenaline rush going through them and feeling more excited than that it continues to leave people coming back to watch more of them coming back to be entertained more by them and just coming back to see what they're going to do next so there's my argument do you know what that is an excellent argument and i just want to take everything that you said and just straight new day because what you said about the bucks is exactly the same with the new day with they can come out with the unicorns and the pancakes and still get that reaction from the crowd and be you know 11 time tag team championships every time they need a tag team there that they can do that as well and also you know we took up recently being drafted to SmackDown, now being the main event pitcher with Roman Reigns, of course, with Kingswoods and Kofi Kingston. And we talk about great tag teams. And yes, there's very little separating the Bucks and the New whether you consider Big E, Kofi or Woods as part of the three there, which may be a bit unfair. But even if you take out Big E, you're still left with something that the Bucks never had and probably won't do in AEW. Now, you probably say the Bucks were going to be team probably forever. You know, it's this different. Maybe they have single runs and stuff like this. The fact is, the New Day is more of a success the Bucks because it has brought out two WWE champions from the group. And even if you consider Kofi, that is one WWE champion. Look at Kofi Mania. What a moment and what an important part in time. You talk about young kids around the world seeing this moment and thinking, that is something that I can become thanks to Kofi Mania. And that's not the entertainment with Xavier Woods and everything they do outside of WWE. You talk about company men as well. Brock Lesnar beating Kofi Kingston in a matter of seconds is just due to Kofi just being a cool guy. Look what Bobby Lashley did to him recently as well. And the difference is, is the Bucks got signed by a multi-millionaire to be put as the tag team in the company. And that was their role. The New Day were created and weren't liked. I think they started off being booed and turned it into the New Day themselves in spite of the WWE book and in spite of Vince McMahon became the greatest tag team in WWE history. And that for me is why the New Day beat out the Bucks. You've been, you've been waiting to like to say all of this. You've already had all of this ready. <laughs> like you were so excited to come back with that rebuttal. <laughs> I just like I don't really feel like I've got like a comeback. <laughs> like come back. I feel like I'm maybe James just won. <laughs> it was so concise too, by the way. It was concise. It really was like he was. Everything that he took, it was almost like he was anticipating I was going to say all of that about the young bucks, and then he just kind of scratched that all up into a ball and then just threw it back in my face. <laughs> and that's how you play the masturbate. That's, that's how <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you got me there. I'm sure, I'm sure Gina's well, going to I mean... argue with me. <laughs> Here we go. What do you think, Monty? What do you think, Jay? Oh well, um, I, 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 you put me in a barn, bro. Oh, you think Jackson, Jay? Uh, no, I'm actually gonna go with James. I'm, okay, I, I, was I, I was gonna go with Jackson, but the the points James make it is true. Yeah. Two champions came out of that tag team, and as in WWE champions. And again, Kofi Mania was such a moment. It was even a moment for me, you know. 
just feeling that and remembering that feeling still gives me goosebumps now. So I'm going to have to go with James. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% biased because I think the New Day is the greatest faction in general ever. I'm one of those people who don't mind making that argument. I'll bet I'll put them against anybody throughout history. I don't care uh, about evolutions, many world titles, any of that type of stuff. Just off impact and just what the New Day means to wrestling and what they've been able to do for how long with no no turn you know no turn in sight. Like I don't think they will. They will probably retire as a just as, as a collective. If if they ever do turn on each other, I, the heartbreak will be tremendously felt throughout the, think, the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And I think they will avoid that at all costs. They still make so much money merch wise. Like it's just it's so many great arguments you can make. For I think they just be stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I even I had an argument that I was going to make because I was I've been a fan of the Bucks even in PWG. Even uh, hell, even in the Impact days when they were pretty much unknown, I, I pretty much I liked them in the ring when they had a chance. When they were Generation Me, those days, oh my god, man, I feel old even thinking about it. But uh, the Ring <laughs> of Honor and uh, the New Japan days, like, I can go into that and mention how great the books have been across the board. So I, I, I can understand mm-hmm. an argument, but the New Day is just it's, yeah. just a, it's something you can't really fight against. That's why when you pose the question, I was like, that's a hard matchup. You know what I mean? Like, don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a it's a hard argument to have, to be honest. If 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 yeah. I could even uh, go with anything, I if I wasn't going against James, I would have probably chosen James as the winner because of like his argument. Right. So as much as I love the young bucks, again, like I, I for me, I truly believe that the new day not only have brought a complete new audience to the likes of WWE um to watch their content, but I also think that they have reached so many uh young uh yeah. boys and girls out there and proven to young boys and girls of color that anything is possible and uh it's pretty hard to uh argue that case so yeah. I, I think i'm gonna go ahead and say james won here you won james but it had nothing to do with you okay all right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine that's fine i'm just gonna clip that bit just listen to it over and over again. <laughs> On repeat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, James was right. All right, well, that's me. I finished for Jaxie in, a, you know, good fourth place. Lee beat the Ultimate one, I suppose. Oh. So now it's final time. And there's there's two subjects we can pick up from. There's one from last time out we didn't finish, which, of course, is Tony Khan versus Man. Oh, that Lord, is, no. That is oh, still no, on the no, table. That's again. Or, as an overall, it's WWE versus AEW. I mean, I mean, I'm, I think that that doing WWE versus AEW is a much better idea than us opening that can of worms with Vince and Tony again, because I, yeah. I still think it's unfair. I feel like that's a whole uh, Britt Baker-Becky thing, like when Vince definitely is a veteran compared to Tony. So that's been there done that let's move on and let's just do like the overall promotions against each other all right so monty you will have <laughs> wwe i'll change my cape yeah i'll, I'll get on the <laughs> wwe flat gina, you i'll will go to have... connecticut or <laughs> you, new york you wherever. got north uh gina you got aw <laughs> <laughs> monty uh i don't know was no gina if you start first in this one give monty a chance to uh google his answers 
some reasons as to why WWE should win this one last time. In my eyes, I've got a great reason. I'll give it to it after the final. But of course, it's between the two of you. So whenever you're ready, please, so biased. Please, so biased. I mean, the, the main reason, the the main thing I'm going to go in with with AEW is look how far it has come in the small amount of time that it's been running, and look at the fan base that has grown around it in the short time that it's been going. Um, AEW is not perfect. None of them are all perfect, but most i'll I'll say most of its storylines have always been consistent there's not been anything random that's come about they've always if something did start off random they've continued with the storyline whereas wwe if they feel like it's not worked one week they'll just drop it and you won't even hear any outcome or um uh sort of follow-on story even from the commentator saying yeah well this was squashed last week so we're end it no wwe just swipe it under the carpet like it never happened whereas AEW will still keep it going so for example the whole botch with um eddie kingston trying to save john moxley and he just ran with it even though it the whole explosion botched they still ran with that story they still went with it the week after as to why Eddie passed out because he was just too much adrenaline of him thinking that it was going to go off. It just made him pass out. You know, they make light of it. They make fun of it, which is great. Whereas if that was WWE, they would just sweep it under the carpet and act like it didn't happen. And that's one thing as a fan really irritates me. Even if something happened really poorly, at least follow it through and say, yeah, this happened. Didn't really work, but do you know what? This person's still going to run with it. We're still going to do this part of the story and just explain why that happened. So consistency is the biggest thing I will say is AEW will still roll with it and push for it. And again, I will just, I, I will just take hats off to them. Um, it could have just been an epic fail when they opened the, the brand and it's actually not. It's backfired and it's become such a big promotion. They have random people on there like Orange Cassidy weighing whatever, who is from wherever, and he is one of the most favourite wrestlers on there. But then you also have silly characters like Happy Gor- Corbin, who just is is not coming over in my eyes. It's just not working. It's not getting over. So for me, AEW, they do their they do their wrestlers well. Whereas WWE do their wrestlers dirty, and storyline consistency just doesn't work with them. Consistency. Monty, you slick, you slick, bro. I, I must say, you slick because you mentioned somebody like Happy Corbin. How the hell I'm gonna defend Happy Corbin? How, how can I defend <laughs> what the hell they 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 been they do with that with that gimmick? Uh, it's like they found out he was getting over when he was a bum, and they was like, "Oh no, let's get away from this. Let's get away from that all together. Let's let's make people hate to see him or hear his music." Anyway. Yeah. That's a whole nother rant. I'm, I'm, as y'all can see, I'm, I'm rant ready uh, when it comes to this uh, stuff. WWE, you mentioned consistency, and I, you know, it's funny you use that word because uh, WWE has been consistent, whether we like it or not. They still have always been consistent, whether they mean consistently unpredictable, whether they mean consistently letting you down. Right? Even if they, at the end of the day, they still been consistent. And on the other end, AEW has also been consistent. Like you said, they, they 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 seem to treat their wrestlers well. Although I can make an argument that from the beginning, since its inception, since the beginning of AEW's time, they have dropped the ball 
completely with their focus on lady storylines. I don't even really want to compare women, the women's division when it comes to visibility and storylines and name value. And yeah, WWE has taken some uh, shots and lost, but that, you know where the top tier women's wrestling is and that's on WWE programming every week, whether you like everything they do with it or not. Also, uh, superstars, some of the biggest names in this build, in the in this business. Yes, they've lost a lot, and they're, they're trying to bet on the future. But uh, when Roman Reigns come on your camera, on your camera, you're gonna stop and watch. When, whenever the Tribal Chief has something going on, you're gonna pay attention. Self Rollins, you're gonna pay attention. Big E, the, like we mentioned, the, the New Day. You have legends on your screen, like the New Day. Randy Orton, always compelling. Like they still have a chunk. A talent that AJ Styles, like it's people that I'm not even mentioning, that they have that still represent the best wrestling in the world when it's done right. When WWE is done right, you have nights like WrestleMania, you have nights like some this most recent SummerSlam. You know what I mean? Uh, WrestleMania, uh, WWE, when they're when they're on their best, they can is nothing like it. It's nothing like that experience. It's nothing that feels more important, top tier. And everything that you, a lot of the things you like in AEW is just something, a lot of things that WWE, WWE may have gotten away from in the past. I'm not going to say that everything AEW do is just a knockoff and they're not original because they are. But at the same time, the standard bearer for what we know is professional wrestling, especially over here. I can't speak for how it is in London, but at the, at the end of the day, WWE is the biggest in the world. We all know that. At the end of the day, every other promotion is still right. looking up looking up at Titan Towers at w- and WWE headquarters because they are the main attraction when it comes to wrestling on this planet. And it's just hard for me to scoff at that when they have some of the brightest stars that possibly in the future can be great stars, like a Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley. Like, they have that. You know what I mean? And they also have established legends that, that are still on their roster going strong for different reasons. So it's just... I, like I said, they're not perfect. You mentioned that. AEW hasn't been perfect in many, many, like you said, lack of focus that time. Yeah, they've been consistent, but a lot of times they can be consistently confusing. A lot of times they throw random people in into programs or into matches that seem like it could go somewhere, but then you come and find out, oh, this is just a glorified squad to advance something else. WWE, I can't defend everything they do, but when they are hitting on, on the money, you cannot tell me WWE still is not compelling especially uh, in recent... I can just bring up the Seth Rollins and Edge and Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, that current story. What possibly could be going on now with Big E and Roman Reigns going into Survivor Series? WWE is still where you go if you want that hot-button soap opera-like wrestling. And uh, I I still hold a value for that, even though I can understand how it is dissipated uh, in popularity when it comes to that, too. But I, I believe WWE... Is still the standard bearer, still number one, even though AEW has started off on the right track. But they still have a long way to go before they should be even mentioned in WWE's breath, in my opinion. Well, you make a good argument there, Monty. But at the end of the day, then AEW is not repetitive like WWE. As in, we won't get the same three matches between the same three, the same people just before a pay-per-view show. As in, Edge versus seeing them having the same matches on Raw, SmackDown, 
NXT, whichever they want, they'll just do it week after week after week. And then we're getting a pay-per-view event match between the same people. So in terms of repetitiveness, I'm sorry, but WWE just don't want to. Well, sometimes you got to hammer it into people's head. You know what I mean? You got to make sure that they get Well, I was them to understand what's going on. Well, AEW actually give more opportunities to their younger talent as well. They actually put them forward. WWE don't like to. They like to use the same wrestlers every single time on every single show. It's the same matches, just regurgitated. You know, Cesaro. You saw Von Wagner. We're getting diversity with AEW. We have transgenders on there we have gay gay men on there who are being pushed and promoted nyla rose is the first transgender woman to have won a belt and what wwe probably wouldn't have even hired her if she came knocking on their door so for me a lot of assuming there a lot of assuming oh come on hang on hang on for a second what i was going to ask before we get on (laughs) was jaxie is there anything that you can add to Gina's argument, either for or against, because I've got a few things for Monty that he needs to say if he wants to stick up for WWE. So is there anything? Yeah, you don't have. You don't need to help me. No, seriously, I've got loads. <laughs> it is. Yeah, go ahead. I think it, I think I'd just continue off of what my sister was saying. Like there, there is definitely room for more opportunity for those that. Doesn't fit necessarily fit the standard that Vincent Kennedy McMahon is up to. Vincent Kennedy McMahon has made it very clear the type of men and women that he would like in in his show. Ah. It's, it, it's models, <laughs> it's models, um, and you know those that like I, you know, do a lot more sort of just uh, photos and and photo spreads and ballet work than actual female wrestlers. That's what he values. He he enjoys. You know, like seeing male wrestlers of like a, a certain height, they've always got to be big and stocky. Um, and yet you've got like this amazing amount of diversity when it comes to AEW, whether or not that being, you know, allowing, um, you know, the likes of a, a transgender person to be in the competition and and um, even just, you know, sort of representing of like even the gay community. Uh, we've got so much more different cultures uh, that are mixed within the program. And I'm not just talking New Japan, but also Lucha Underground and AAA. Um, And there are different promotions, the the different promotions that AEW have allow um, that of their younger talent to continuously grow. And and that's on dark and elevation. Their promotions as well, when it comes to Rampage and Dynamite, that is perfect timing. That we don't have one show that's three hours long that bores people an hour and a half in and is consistently filled with ads and breaks. Um, we've got a one-hour show on a Friday night that continuously leaves me to be frustrated at it being, only being one hour, but that is continuously the point to keep you wanting more of the content. Um, you've just got so much more diversity, so much more to play with at the moment with uh, AEW. Um, can I... Go, Dave! Well, no, oh, no. Here we go. Here we go. This is about to mic drop. This is my first debate. Take it easy. I just, the, the, the about diversity in AEW clip, and WWE is a very interesting point because as uh, as someone mm-hmm. who obviously been watching wrestling pretty closely 
Jackson, you and I have been uh-huh. doing pods together and, and you were so emotional when Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks made uh. WrestleMania. Uh. Um, when Biggie cashed on Bobby Lashley uh, to become WWE uh. champion for the first time, a black man had beaten another black man for the WWE championship. And we look at uh. the entire roster, you know, with the street profits, uh. Uh, with, with everybody that's involved yeah, there. Yeah, but how many years? Let's go. How many years did it take to get there? It's only exactly. taken two years for AEW to get that big, but how many years has it taken for, like... Oh, AEW ain't got there? No, wait, 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 wait. Take out. Wait, wait, listen, let me, let me just say. <laughs> take out, take out Booker T. Tell me how many years it took to actually have another black man in the, in the running for a championship. Yeah, our first AEW women's champion was a Japanese woman, okay? Sorry, but, like, right there off the back bun, like they've only been around for two years and there, there's already much more diversity when it comes to their champions than there has been in WWE. And the only reason why we have this now is because WWE need like actually have been listening to the people when they actually realize who their favorite wrestlers are. So I'm just saying like two, two years and, and we've, you know, still got a good culture of different wrestlers but that have been that, champions. That's Look how long it's taken Jackie won the Cruiserweight title in 2003. No, Jack but me. we're not We're not talking about before. We are talking about... We're talking about the main championship. We're yeah. talking about WWE versus AEW. That's what we're talking about. WWE versus AEW. We're not talking about AEW versus WWE before AEW. It's what's happened in the past two years since AEW's become around. That's why it's a debate for between the past two years of AEW versus WWE. Because if it was the past... 40 or 50 years, of course WWE would win. Look at their history. Look at everything they've done. And that's not even excluding... Monty, you didn't even mention NXT UK, which is banger after banger week in, week out. Hey, them you NXT UK being forgotten is not new, okay, James? All right, don't 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 do that. Don't do that. Like produce gave on, China the international uh, championship on, as well. So I'm not saying that WWE don't have that, but if we're only going from the past two years since AEW have been live, yeah, look what WWE done the past two years. Two years. Yeah, just to try and keep up with. Just to try and keep up with what AEW are producing. That but is AEW don't, though. Look, look, at, look at the main, get, so look the only the main card. I ain't going to cap, Jerry. Look at, but look at the, look the, at the, the fact that AEW are about. I'm about to kill a cross car, me, bro. The, you'll see Adam Page versus Kenny Omega. You see Pac and Cody with Andrade and uh, Alistair yeah, and Black. Yeah, and then you've got Keith Blair Cooley. Oh, no, we don't anymore. No, we don't. Yeah. We've we've got yeah, the almighty about, Bobby hey, Lashley hey. who was there. We've hey. got Bianca Blair who is and we've got the big S and M lover carrying cross. Oh yeah, wait, no, we That's, don't. And another thing with that, AEW are more interested in knocking WWE than concentrating their own. Uh, you know, constantly their own thing. We've heard it for both I'm your not. arguments. You've both attacked WWE rather than saying how great AEW is. AEW has consistently been the best program in wrestling the past two years, but instead of that, it's having a go at Happy Corbin and the stuff that happened that's, that's the best point you've made. Why is Corbin? Why is Corbin about Happy Corbin? 
I One have to say thing. that's a great point, though. That's a great point because AEW fans love to put over how great AEW is, but not actually put over how great AEW is. They just but sit is, on not, WWE. In my arguments, in terms of half of the matches that have come out of it, how they've kept consistent storylines and how the 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 ending of their storylines and moving on to the other to newer storylines has worked well. WWE haven't worked that in well and that's one of my other arguments that I made earlier as well so you're just focusing on what you want to hear <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, think that, but I, I have to agree with my sister on that one I do think that we've made both points we have pointed out the flaws of WWE but we've also pointed out what we believe are AEW's strengths so yeah, you consistently have been talking about WWE. Uh, so basically, WWE. their strength is that they're not WWE. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, and they don't look at their own weaknesses to watch and prove. That's not all WWE fans yeah. are always kicking themselves. WWE fans are kind of lows. It's like when um, you have to they, admit when uh, you're a kid of being a wrestling fan. You watch WWE. AEW are constantly acknowledging their faults, and they, if anything, they take the piss out of themselves with those. With with those, my sister already. Avoid the hell out of acknowledging what he's been doing with that women's division. So I will say this: okay, you don't want to talk about that. Yeah, let's hope he don't hang up on another woman whilst he's talking about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, he don't want to talk about the women's division for some reason. I don't know why Tony Khan seems to keep avoiding that question. I don't get it. Okay, but so anyway, who do, who do you both think won? <laughs> 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 you really, you really think we're gonna get? Think, we're gonna get an answer to We're not gonna get. We're not. We're not gonna get an answer because I, I, I believe that you guys are in the wrong. You guys are always no. I, I'm a, hey, believe it or not, I'm actually. I'm actually see. Believe it or not, there's a reason. Uh, I'm giving, I'm giving it up. There's a why we're doing an AEW pre, not Survivor Series pre-show because obviously we're <laughs> here at this moment in time. But again, it's just it's weird to see how protective people get. Even I've been watching WWE, you know, however long, and you still get yeah. defensive over it, like it's someone having to go at your mate. And it's not okay. these big yeah. it's with a... multi millionaires. They'll be around. It's getting harder to defend, though, James. That's the only reason why I gotta concede. Like it's certain things where it's just like I, I can't defend this. I'm watching it. And I just hate every second of it. And I'm sitting around and I got to make an argument for it. I try my best to think about the things I like the most right now that they're doing. But it's tough, it, especially in the last two years. The pandemic, James, that was some rough stuff, man. You remember yeah. Raw last year? Raw was pretty bad, bro. I don't know how you can defend it the way you are. Yeah. Uh, because you know, she mentioned I'm, rematch Raw. I'm and oh biased. my goodness, it's so perfect. Rematch Raw. I'm professional wrestler. I, I look at the good and bad in everything. And that's kind of <laughs> what we do here anyway. Another thing, though, when you talk about wrestling, is that full gear, the, the buy in for full gear is nearly two hours away now. So, nearly, you know, we are getting closer and closer to the pay per view. Of course, we're going to run through the car. We've got a dynamite and a rampage to get through. So the last dynamite, the 10th of November, and it's American Dragon Brian Danielson versus Rocky Romero to start off. We get a back and forth from countless or neither men are starting to stay in control. Counters reversals dominate for Romero sort of cross arm breaker. Hope force a tap out, but Danielson fought out. Counter attempted slice of bread number two and applied the Takeda Sunrise for the submission victory. Uh, Monty, we spoke actually on Impact about. Um, Rocky Romero. Were you surprised to see him on Dynamite? Yeah. What were your thoughts? 
Uh, a kind of, but not really, because it just seems like a lot of uh, a lot of guys like like a Minoru Suzuki, for example, and a Rocky Romero are kind of scouting out the American promotions that New Japan is working with. So I kind of viewed it in that way. You know, you get in, you get here, you wrestle with someone you have a history with, because like I mentioned, they trained together at, in L.A. many many moons ago. Uh, Rocky Romero and Brian Danielson, so they have a history. And uh, so uh, it makes sense in that from that retrospect too. Maybe even Brian could have asked for that match because I know he's expressed interest in wrestling in New Japan, of course, uh, at, at some point. So uh, you know, I, I think New Japan is being smart. They're sending veterans like Minoru Suzuki with with respect to go to AEW, to go to Impact, kind of get a feel for how serious they're going to be taken over there because New Japan in the past has had rocky relationships with American promotions with impact to be exact ring of honor. So like they've, they've, they've not liked how their stars have been presented at times in some of the promotions. So they're, they're testing it out. They're trying to get a feel for how AEW is going to do, how, how they're going to treat their star. And I think Rocky Romero is a great person to do that with because he's a liaison who, who speaks English and also has a relationship with the Gaijin of New Japan, which are the uh, non-Japanese wrestlers, and also has a relationship with Okada and the Japanese locker room. So uh, it works perfectly uh, when you really think about it. So I thought this was a smart move. Uh, all together and the match itself was really really well done but it's what I've come to expect from Brian and uh and a guy the caliber of a Rocky Romero yeah I think without that well we see Tony is in the ring introducing the inner circle Scope Sky even Page American top team attack from out of nowhere it was beat battered pummeled and punished Jericho Guevara Hager Salomon Ortiz and Dan Labbert driver prone Jericho through a table well fell through a table with uh, Jericho, I would say. Lambert applied a Boston crowd to Jericho before Sky Page wraps things up with more trash talk. Jaxie, what were your thoughts on this final segment before the match? Sorry, say that again. I couldn't hear you properly. What do you think of the um, Dan Lambert getting one over on the inner circle? I mean, well, firstly, I think it was needed because in my personal opinion, I see Dan Lambert probably being the one that ends up taking the pin. <laughs> that being said, um, it it just kind of it was one of those things that did its job where it's just, uh, you know, sort of feeding what could be to the audience. Um, again, me and you had a bit of a discussion about what, what we think about um, the the inner circle at the moment on our, on our previous uh, podcast. Um and I just believe that, you know, they should be doing more. They they could be doing so much more than being like more what of what I think is a, a comedy act. Um, I want to see Sammy be defending that TNT championship on a weekly basis and things like that. I, I want to see Santana and Ortiz really kind of dominating the tag team division and, and, and getting an opportunity at some point for the tag titles. I want to see, you know, all of the inner circle start to kind of, not disperse. I love them all together, but still disperse in a way where they're they're getting a chance to have some pretty good matches. And I think you know from seeing this this sort of promo that we saw come from Dan Lambert and the others, it, it it's one that I'm hoping that means that after after this pay per view, I'm thinking that you know the, the feud will end between them and we might get a bit more of a serious run maybe come from the inner circle. Um, it was good. It did what it needed to do, but um, 
it, this isn't one of the ones that is on the top of my list of level of excitement to go. Um, and I think it's just because of I'm kind of, um, uh, I, I can't remember who said it, which whether it's Monty or James, but I just can't, I'm not really interested in in the MMA fighters because only because of, I don't feel like this is going to stick, they're, they're going to be back and this be continuous. So I'd rather actually see... Um, you know, if the men of the year are gonna are gonna come across as heels, that like they should come across more badass without having to have the likes of the MMA fighters backing them up. So all I'm saying is, I just like I'm ready for this sort of to be over, and the inner circle maybe get into something a bit more serious. Yeah, I think without doubt we'll be getting a take on to Thunder Rosa versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Jamie Hayter and Rebel. The Hill seized control of the match. Jay tagged in Conti. The position exploded in a momentum, stopping only after Baker intervened. The action broke down with each woman getting some signature stuff for Conti. Dropped Rebel and scored the pinball victory where Baker merely watched. Uh, Gina, what were your thoughts on this? I mean, I think it was great in terms of um, uh, sort of setting the stone for the upcoming match between Ty and, and Britt. Um, I... I definitely think, as do you know what? I'm going to be biased here. I I absolutely love Rebel, but I don't love her as a wrestler. <laughs> I think she could be quite messy at times. But aside from that, I very I I did enjoy it. I would like to see Jamie Hater um sort of get more more single matches because I actually think that she's really really good. But at the moment, I think they're kind of being un- overshadowed by Brit. Um. So it, it also kind of just shows you Brit's loyalties in that match as well. Like she had no loyalties to her teammates in terms of trying to help them out, back them up. Again, it's all about Brit, you know? Um, <laughs> and, but I, I did love the, the team up between um, Anna Jay, Ty Conti and Thunder Rosa. I thought the three of them worked well together. They all looked good together. Even Thunder Rosa kind of matched her ring gear to match the other two girls' ring gear. Yeah, that was very cool. I definitely yeah. think that that worked, yeah. And especially with all the, you know, big groups and factions that they've got going in there, I would love to see, you know, a triple tag belt, championship belt come out of it because there are so many groups out there that can be in a in a three-group and just have some tag belts on them. But all in all, I thought it was a great match to to sort of prepare us for the upcoming match between Ty and Brett. Yeah, I think without doubt. The crowd maybe could have been more into it, but excellent point about the match and for the faces as well. Then we get the acclaimed rap through their entrance as usual. Max Caster tells Jungle one kissing with the fetish, which is, I guess, interesting. Uh, Anthony Bowens versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Bowens threw everything he had at Jungle Boy and frustration began to set in as he wondered what it would take to put his opponent away. Bayface showing awareness beyond his year's season opening and quickly tied a snare trap for the submission victory. Afterwards, Bobby Fish attacked the victor, delivered a wicked T-bone suplex before Bayley to the floor where Cage and Luchasaurus made the save. Uh, Monty, what did you think of this future of AEW here? Oh uh, yeah, D- Jungle Boy is definitely uh, the future. He definitely has all the potential as far as uh, uh, you know the look, the character, working the ring. You know, he, he the promos. Of course, I'm pretty sure everyone knows that might be the weakest point for Jungle Boy. Uh, but uh, I think, of course, with experience, with time, he can he can get better at that. Uh, I thought this the match itself when Anthony Barnes was good. I thought, like I mentioned earlier, Jungle Boy needed a victory because he hasn't necessarily been getting the. Uh, the upper hand, so to speak, when it comes to uh, overall in this feud with the Super Click, with Adam Cole. So uh, I thought it was good of them to get him a victory 
show him getting a submission victory at that, which, uh, you know, you break your opponent's will, so it makes him look strong. Uh, you know, even though Bobby Fish ended up, you know, taking him out afterwards, uh, you know, I thought this still, I thought Jungle Boy still came out just looking okay. And, uh, you know, interesting, uh, I, I, I've noticed uh, Bobby Fish almost seems like a, a brand new guy in, under, under the AEW banner. You know, I don't, uh, you know, maybe it's because he's just allowed to do more. That may just why it feels that way, because he didn't really do much uh, in the time that, you know, the undisputed, he wasn't even there when the Undisputed broke, era broke up. And, you know what I mean? And he didn't get much time in his run in NXT post that. But uh, I thought this segment overall ended up being positive, though. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I would agree with you there. We mentioned how Fish uh, seems a bit rejuvenated. But why Fish? Well, Adam Cole's backstage with the Young Bucks and he introduced them to Bobby Fish. The Bucks say they know Fish well and Matt Jackson wants to make one thing clear. There's no dispute. It's the era of the elite. <laughs> See what he did there. But if Adam Cole vouches for someone and says they're cool, they're cool. Cool pitches Bob on wrestling Jungle Boy Rampage and leaving just a little bit in them to finish the job at full. We then get video packages CM Punk versus the Kingston full of IWA Mid-South stuff, which is really cool. And then Wardlow battling Will and Utah in singles competition. Went about as well would you expect with a big man streamrolling his opponent for delivering four consecutive power bombs. The knee rise out the corner. After the Hardy family officer attacked best friends Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy, culminating with Matt delivering a chair assisted twist of fate to freshly squeeze. Talk about never-ending feuds. Jackson, this was just a complete squash for Wardlow. And did you forget OC and Matt were still feuding as well? Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> but what, I, I, I didn't did. forget. Uh, like, for, I didn't forget that they were still feuding. But I knew that this was like more was going to come out of it. Seeing Matt in the crowd, you know, I just knew he was going to get involved at some point and things like that. Um, I, I mean, we, I kind of already established. Rip, Wheeler, Utah, the minute that I saw that he was facing a ward, though, I was just like, oh, gosh, they really just want to... Tony Khan woke up into his violence for, for Wheeler, Utah that day, you know? Um, Lord rest his soul. He didn't he didn't get one ounce of offense in. So, um, but that's how they should continue booking uh, Wardlow as well, you know? At some, there's got to be a point where Wardlow is just going to kind of get a chance to just go beast mode and be really let loose off of the away from MJF. That being said, do I want this feud between Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy to kind of be over already? Do you know what? This is the only feud that I'm just kind of not really enjoying as much. Um, and I think it is probably the only one that I probably could say out of AEW that I think has just been going on for a bit too long, from my opinion, or from my liking. Um, so, yeah. That's, that's what I took from this. <laughs> well, no, brilliant. Uh, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston having a vicious pull of up brawl and a loading bay, as you do. And then Dante Martin, Leah Rush versus Lee Moriarty and Matt Seidel. And in security down Moriarty as a crowd came alive for Rush. So they'll put Rush off the ropes with a hurricane runner while Moriarty obliterated Martin with an uppercut. They've been teaming Zord and fought back with Rush calling the shots right up to Martin, delivering a springboard moonsault to Moriarty for the win. This was a great tag team match. What are your thoughts on this, Gina? I, it was a great tag team match. I'm not going to lie. I'm very, very biased in terms of I really love Lee Moriarty. I actually think he just needs to get pushed so much. And so every time I see him, the more and more I see him, I just get excited. 
I don't know what it is about him, so don't ask me to point anything out, but I just think he's so great. And the, I, I would love to see him just continue to grow because I believe that he could be, become a really, really great wrestler um, in the next few years. So the fact that they've kind of put him in together with the Seidels as well, which is amazing. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a great match altogether. And yeah. I was happy to see him. Leo Rush uh, wrestle. He was absolutely awesome. Um, I was I was kind of expecting him to be great, though. He was just awesome. His technicality in the ring is just, yeah, it's great. He's not lost it at all. Well, no, so. it's, it's it's weird as well. Like some wrestlers have certain kind of ways about him. It's like Dante Martin now is kind of king of springboard. Uh, Phoenix can run the ropes, but those bottom ropes belong to Leo like he can do stuff and bounce off them that not many wrestlers yeah. can uh, and I think yeah. it's really really interesting to see where they go with that we get another strong promo package from Miro where he tells Brian Danson he's just a body standing between a man and his wife and then Dax Harwood versus Pac Pac survives an onslaught by Harwood uncorked a devastating shotgun drop kick uh, a slingshot Liger bomb and a strong near fall as chance of AEW spilled. Moments later, Hack recovered and applied a brutalizer for the submission victory. After the match, the bastard refused to release the hold, only for Wheeler to hit the ring and save his partner. The lights snapped when they came back on. Malachi Black and Andrade Adido appealed, joining FTR for a beatdown of Pack. Lucha Bros and Cody Rose made a save as a huge brawl erupted. Uh, Monty, what did you think of this? I thought the match was fantastic, especially the top rope brain buster was such an amazing move. Yeah, I, you know, you don't even expect, usually when they go up and they lock up like that, you expect a superplex uh, or, or, you know, you know what I mean? The usual top rope maneuver that, that always gets a great reaction because it just it's just not a fun bump. It looked like to take either way, no matter what you are, what side you're on, on the, on the uh, you know, on a suplex. But when you go, when you get like a snap, like brain buster, like, yeah, that was absolutely like sick and it was beautiful. And I agree with you. The match itself was, uh, was wonderful. Uh, I enjoyed every second of it. Uh, I thought both guys showed a surprisingly, a surprising level of chemistry with each other. I don't think I was expecting that. Uh, the level of chemistry that they had in the ring, but the match itself was very, very good. And uh, as far as the brawl and setting up, you know, kind of what they're doing now with Cody and uh, the whole uh, with Pac and you know Andrade and everyone, all that, you know, I, I, that was fine. You know, it is what it is. I I, I make this point a lot on my podcast, uh, of course, all the time. Uh, I, I'm over the brawl, like I'm just over the the whole point, the the whole brawl, like WWE. And everywhere, really, now, because it's not just WWE. I'm just, I'm probably just over the whole uh, execution. Like some brawls, of course, I'm, I'm cool with it, but it happens almost. It's almost like I say with the roll-up. It's something that I've seen so much week after week, or you know, program after program that I'm just over it. So the brawl didn't do much for me, but it, you know, I, I understood where they were going. So I got, I guess, the point that they were trying to get across definitely got across, though. I, I mean, that. I don't know how you can get tired of, of, of brawls. This is wrestling. What else do you expect them to do? Like, <laughs> no, I will. So, it's just all the time. Every every storyline got to be an uncontrollable brawl. Yeah, you won't get, you won't get, the, you won't get the crowd lit, innit? If you don't get the Big crowd Show's lit, finisher was a punch. You, you mean tell me it takes 30 people to get Charlotte and, and uh, Wait, whoever listen. that was from the brawl with? 
I think the only thing that I got, uh, the only thing I got a question is, Cody, why the hell are you coming all the way down through the audience when you can see that your like opponents already in the ring and you're walking down through the audience? Yeah, like you know, you have like the likes of the Lucha Brothers, you know, having sense to run out in from the ring, like from the back of the of, like the entrance. Like Cody, what were you doing? You weren't gonna get down there for ages. Like he literally had to sprint it down there. I was like, he did the same what? thing with Malachi Black. Was, uh, I know, I know. Was and he sent Rosario oh, Dawson the there fighting him yeah, for ages. Yeah, yeah. He did the exact but, like, same. why are you coming through the audience? Do you know how long that's gonna take? Plus, everyone hates you right now. Why are you he coming through the audience? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> that, that was it. Like, I felt yeah. By the way, the Cody like, hate is so unfair. The man just don't want to turn heel. And they're just like, nope, we're going to bully you into it. We're going to bully you anyway. Don't get yeah, you, you yeah, say hate. I mean, I honestly don't have an issue with him. I think everyone just needs to get over that issue with him. But I mean, if they're going to continue to be like this, then, like, you know, that's fine. But just accept the fact that Cody doesn't want to do that. You know, like, we shouldn't be bullying a man to be in a heel. But then again, I got issue with the fact that everyone bullied this man from like dyeing his hair back from brown to blonde. Like all of like <laughs> it's so superficial and shallow, it's ridiculous. I just think to myself, just like Cody, if you're gonna do a promo where you're gonna come down and actually make the save, actually make sure that you're back safe. <laughs> like, don't take ages getting there because if you're all the way at the top. On the ring. Mans have already dispersed and gone. Exactly. Exactly. Like the Lucha Brothers probably could have taken out everyone, including Malachi Black, and you would have only just gone to the ring. So. Isn't it funny how everybody had a go at me about title belts and go, that's a weird subject. And you're talking about how long it takes someone to walk to the (laughs) ring. (laughs) Run down here. What have we become? It's it's, it's more a a mere discussion as to how, uh, as to what, a, a question as to why. Cody would choose to come down through the audience rather than actually, you know, already being backstage, which normally you'd presume he would be because of like he might be like backstage giving like directions on a on, on the mic or doing whatever. But I don't even think this is so, the last brawl in this show now that I think about. It. Listen, I just already told you it's wrestling. If you don't have a ball to help fit yeah, but- up your major characters. We've got an invisible line. There's an invisible line where you go, come on, get in the ring. You go, well, no. I don't talk about that. Right. Well, I mean, that's basically what Cody just did. I dare you. What about how how the referee chooses when to see stuff? They have peripheral vision. Well, in AEW, it happens all the time, doesn't it? But no, um, we're going to move on. (laughs) We'll move on, and we see Dark Order and Elite leaving the building. It's our main event contract signing. Omega claimed AEW was meant to be for Paige, but he always knew Hangman needed the Elite to be successful. The anxious millennial cowboy recalled last year's full gear, and Omega telling him he was proud of him, but he wasn't. He was afraid of Paige. The tone intensified between Omega, and he implored his challenger for one last handshake before the contest. Suddenly, a cameraman attacked Paige for revealing himself to be the previously absent Don Callis. And with Paige's forehead bloodied, the best bout machine proceeds to sign a document into opponent's blood. Um, Jaxie, what were you thought of this? I mean, that that that's one way to do to sign a contract, I suppose. <laughs> um, again, when it comes to contract signing segments, you get a a little bit worried because we all know how they go in in WWE, and it's not actually that fun to watch. 
So I was quite apprehensive to watch this. However, I think both Hangman and Kenny are, are such amazing uh, 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 presenters. They know, they know how to, how to um, talk um, on the mic and they know how to sort of like cater to the audience and, and, and the way that they say things and the way they deliver their lines. So I actually really enjoyed this and thought it was quite good, especially at the fact that they break that they do have a lot of history. So they they were bringing up a lot of history that you know, as a fan, if you have been watching it consistently, you it it kind of pays off, or that hard work pays off, and it feels quite kind of nice when you can um, be a fan listening to them discussing you know all the sort of major points within this history of a feud that's been forever building for two years um and you can kind of see both points and um, both valid points uh the creativity to kind of sign the contract in in hangman's blood was hilarious um i just thought it was absolutely brilliant when when the cameraman crossed over the other cameraman because instantly my sister and i at the same time were like hold on like why is this cameraman just getting in the way of the other one like if I was like the staff I actually would have been tugging on him like get the fuck out of the way that sort of thing um to see it was Don Callis and how far he went with his sort of makeup design <laughs> with, the, with the fake makeup and beard um it was hilarious um, I thought it was quite funny, but at the same time, you were also just like, oh, I can't wait till Hangman gets in, you know? So I think it did its job. Um, it, it kind of like, you know, did did what it needed to do in terms of being like the, the go-home show 24 hours before the paper. Uh, so I enjoyed it. I, I heard some people moaning about Don Callis taking out the lead baby face a week before the paper of Gerald Briscoe taking out Stone Cold a week before Mania. But I think people, some people could be a bit... For me, though, this is two years in the making. Where's the sit-down with JR? This should have been Rock and Austin of the biggest AEW match, the passing of the torch, saying, I am the number one guy. You just can't beat me. And history proves it. And Pay said, yes, but I'm going to give you everything I've got. I'm going to absolute best and this sun saturday is going to be two of the best in the business given a hundred percent for that title and instead it's this and again i can understand why they went this way i was just maybe a little bit disappointed because we as fans have been waiting for this match since you know for two years haven't we you know yeah yeah no you do make a valid point there actually um we really did it should should have gotten a sit down with jr because I do think that there there was so much more that could have been said. You know, they they did like I said, they did their job of actually outlining how this feud has been like for you know two years in the making, but only touched on like the main points. Um, for but as you say, for veterans like us who have consistently been watching, this is something that could have been so much more than just a ten minute little skit this should have been something like you know a sit down with jr type of thing and it could have generated a lot of views and a lot of popularity from it i mean it still has and it still will it, these are two men as you said that we're all we've all been anticipating this match and wanting this match but it should have been treated so much more like that i think without doubt we're on to rampage now november 12th Scalabur taz chris jericho ricky starks on commentary first match jungle boy versus bobby fish and Jungle Boy stormed out the gate using his quickness to take control. Fish went from back the back and attacking the arm as well. 
crushed and exposed suplex into the ropes. Jungle Boy was almost knocked out. Fish unloaded kicks to the damage arm. JB caught with one good arm and transitioned to the snare trap submission for the victory. Um, afterwards, Adam Cole ran in for a double team beatdown as he pulled out the chairs. Christian Cage, Luke Soros survived for the save. And Fish was sacrificed by an unprettier by Christian. Gina, what do you think of this? I'm so glad you came to me on this because I'm going to have to go back to just before the match. You mentioned Ricky Starks is on commentary and he is my husband. So Ricky Starks, if you're listening to this, call me. Um, but yes, back to the match. Back to the match. It was a great match. Um, I, I loved how they kept up, again, the consistency of the storyline in terms of, you know, Bobby Fish fighting Jungle Boy. I think it was good that they didn't have anyone come out and they had a clean finish to the match as well. Um, I, I think it would have kind of ruined it having another disqualification. But I think that they wrestled so well together. Bobby Fish is just great. I can't wait to see more of him in AEW. Um, and I'm I'm intrigued to see where it's going to go with him and the elite. And I'm wondering whether there's going to be full loyalty or whether it's going to eventually change. But I definitely think that it helps to plant more seeds for, you know, future matches. Um, that could be in the future. And I definitely think that it's just helping Jungle Boy get even bigger. He's just such a great young athlete and I can totally see him growing even more from this. So yeah, it was a great match. Yeah, we're out of doubt. We get a hype package for Brian Danielson and Miro. Miro said it would be a very difficult challenge. Um, but Danielson is confident he can win. We get the Young Bucks on a cold backstage with Paige interrupting a promo. Cole refused to leave until Matt Jackson gave me okay. Hangman apologised to the Bucks for throwing away their friendship, costing them a tag title shot, but it cost them a title shot as well. Hangman believes they make them even, so if the Bucks lay a hand on Hangman during the world title match against Kenny Omega full gear, he will ruin them. Um, this was good cowboy shit here, Monty. Yeah, it was it was very strong. It was real well done. I really loved uh, the intensity, especially towards the end there, with what he the way he said, you know how he would what he would do to the Bucks if they found a way to intervene, or you know which honestly I don't see how it'd be hard for me to see them not doing it. But now that I saw that, I'm happy to see that because now it would explain if they don't make an appearance to Kenny's side uh, at Full Gear, uh, you know, and I I would like them to just let it be a straight up. You know, you know, best man wins, you know, type of situation. But we'll see, of course, how they decide to wrap this uh, whole thing up. But uh, this is just another element, like I said, between BTE and between the little subtle storytelling they've been telling with Hangman uh, for a while now. Uh, this is one of the, the best weave stories that they have they've been able to tell. Uh, and I think this just added another element of hype because now it's like, OK, now I don't even have to I can quit shenanigans from the elite to the back of my mind and just go into this match fully focused on the experience of Hangman versus Kenny, who is the better out of the two. And uh, I, I think this just added to the hype and made everyone want to made everyone even more ready to answer that question of who's better out of Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. And I think that that's money right there. That's perfect. Now, and then up next, Jay Cargill versus Santana Garrett. Red Velvet was a front row spectator, and a cake was ringside of Honor Cargill's anniversary son of AEW. Uh, Cargill didn't fuck around in this one and ended it pretty quickly with a jaded gland slam. The Mark Velvet sneeze attacked Cargill on the floor and shoved a cake into Mark Sterling's face. 
Ladies brawls a little until officials separated them. Velvet and Cargo will Going get a chance to tussle in the quarterfinals of the TPS <laughs> Championship. Jaxie, go on, what are your thoughts? I mean, first of all, that was a bit of a devastating stare by Red Velvet, so i got to give her fair play to, to that. I mean, Jade is not a small woman, and, and Red Velvet is kind of small. So, you know, the impact <laughs> looked a little bit painful. Um, I do think that uh, both these women have, a, a, a you know, great chemistry together. I think they work well together. Um, do I see the likes of, like, Red Velvet defeating Jade Cargill? Not really, not so much. However, I do see the amount of, like, um, she, she's got that tenacity to never give up, and I can see that about her. So I think that, you know, with p- plenty of time, I think she could grow into uh, a great wrestler and 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 have some great uh, continuous matches uh, with Jade and others. Um, I, I'm slightly disappointed to be hearing that none of these... Um, TBS like semi-final matches are even happening on um, full gear uh, but then again th- this is one of the s- sort of smaller smaller underlying issues that Tony still needs to continue to work on in terms of the women's division getting given as much consistent sort of like airtime to be able to to better create their stories um, uh, and, and, build, and build these matches up you know they wouldn't need to uh, you know, have like brawls uh, before every pay per view if they were actually doing the uh, the, the storylines right. But you know, um, that being said, this is something that we'll have to wait until after uh, full gear to really kind of touch on more and discuss more about, considering nothing's coming to fruition at full gear. Um, but I did like the segment; I thought it worked well. It's just because if it wasn't for uh, full gear, and we don't really have any for them at full gear at the moment it, it did kind of feel out of place well the thing is as well two matches in three hours of tv a week is not enough for aw and it always seems like oh we're going to address the women's situation after the next pay-per-view and then the pay-per-view comes and you got yeah. oh we've got one or two women's matches that wwe as we've agreed tonight is shit but can still put three or four segments with the women in and the main event matches and it's stuff definitely like that you know, yeah, they've um, definitely gotten better with it. I mean, certainly more better than than what AEW are con- c- yeah. currently doing. However, they do have such a great w- roster of women that they deserve. Uh, these women deserve a lot more screen time. So this is uh, one of the sort of smaller weaknesses that Tony does need to work on. Isn't it all about having an uh, uh, easy balance bet- uh, between not just a, a diverse amount of uh, talent, but uh, you know males compared to female uh getting screen time tony needs to consistently work yeah and one of the things about this match though that actually made me laugh out loud was that scalibur at one point telling jericho and ricky starts to shut up about being cake face <laughs> and actually carry on with commentary and i'm thinking when's the last time i actually heard a conversation just say look shut up would you we get hype packages <laughs> cm punk versus eddie kingston uh, if Punk has to hurt Kingston to teach him respect, then that's what he will do. And then Dante Martin versus Rhea Davari. Martin was too slick and in control of the action until Davari knocked him off the ropes into the turnbuckle. Davari picked up momentum for a net breaker, hamlock clothesline, and a fog splash. Set today, Martin was back on track with a springboard flying attack and closed out with a victory on a double springboard moonsault. Uh, Gina, what were your thoughts on this? I thought it was great. Dante Martin continues to just elevate himself, really. And it's a shame that his brother is, is 
injured, but I think he's done so well in terms of, you know, doing his singles run and pushing with it. I mean, that moonsault that he does every time, it looks so beautiful. He just, he's always kind of killing it with his moves. And yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see more of Dante and him growing more. Uh, I know that he's not really involved in the biggest of storylines, but I think putting him with Leo has been really beneficial. But he's also just been doing so well for himself. And that match was just great. It just showed, you know, his talents. He's got some real great talents. And I can't wait to watch him more. Yeah, it's great to see Davari as well getting a bit of uh, time. And, of course, Martin has been given a lot of screen time recently, which is uh, good. But another good match. Of course, Leo Rush was absent due to family reasons. Team Taz trying to approach Martin, but giving him time to think about it. Martin looked like he was going to cry again. Uh, Monty and Gina, have you know Dante Martin is going to cry? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's his youth, but he definitely makes a face. Uh, whenever he, he seems to be uh, such approach. an innocent one, doesn't yeah, it? that so just shows innocent. his youth, man. He's gonna cry. Like That's people like Dante and Cora J just make me feel like an old wrestling fan at this point. When when you just look at how you, not only how young they look, but how actually how young they are. Like I, I'm just, I feel old. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we get Mark Henry interviews uh, the main event participants and Matt Hardy intends on destroying Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy's just like, well, that's not right. Uh, and then the main event, Lumberjack match, Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy. We see Chuck Taylor, Chris Statland, and Willie Ute address as Lumberjacks. The rest of the list included Peter Avalon, Ryan Nemeth, J.D. Drake, Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, Cutie Marshall, Aaron Solo, Nick Morato, Max Casey, Anthony Bones, Ryan Pilgrim, and Griff Gavs, and Figure the Slow, Zia Cassidy, Blade and Bunny, or as I call it, AEW Dark. Uh, and right as the match started, Hardy offered <laughs> 20,000 bounty to whoever knocked out Cassidy. Uh, we see Money Matt come back with a side effect. OC return fire for whirling DDT. And then it turned into a WWE match because we see Hardy went for the leech submission. Cassidy broke free. Superman punches connected to various lumberjacks. Statlander's yep. beard bunny. And Blade surprised Cassidy. Brass knuckles, brass knuckles punch. Hardy made the easy cover for the victory and then locked in the leech afterwards. And Blade used the brass knuckles to club used from Taylor. He handed them over to the bunny to bash Statlander. His HFO stood tall to close the show. Like I say, a very WWE main event. What do you think mm-hmm. of this? And didn't we have Blade versus Orange Cassidy recently on my trip? In- yes, we've all we've yeah, already. Yeah, pretty had sure we yes. did. Yes, yeah. we've done. He has wrestled the entire Hardy family office, okay, or whatever that whatever they supposed I, I to be. I honestly thought you know how they said after the Mark Henry interview that this is going to be the end of it. Why do I feel like it's not the end? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, like. How you I like really, that finish? Like, I mean, to be honest, Tony Khan was a bit of a prick. He woke up and, and decided to choose, like, to be a prick today, didn't he? Because he, there was hardly any faces. Where where were the Dark Order? Where were, like, you know, some, a mixture of heels and faces? It predominantly was, what what's that, um, what's the yeah, team called? There you go, that was them. You had them. <laughs> and who else there? And, and then Chuck Taylor and that. The, there was like six, maybe five faces. <laughs> I mean, what did you expect? They were all going to get beat up. Like, uh, I thought the Dark Order might have come out. Like, we might have heard their music and then they made me say, it didn't happen. And instead, we just then get, you know, brass knucks. And it's like, you know, 
That's sad. Uh, the Dark Order got to save everybody. We have no other baby faces. They got the numbers. They got the numbers. They could have right. even out the amount of like fake uh, heels that were out there, you know? Um, I just oh, like, where are they going? Where, where are they going with this between Matt Hardy and hopefully Arthur it's Cassidy? over because I am so over this. The only way you are going to actually sell any of this to me right now, and I'll t- and I'll eat my words and I'll take it back and I'll say a thousand pardons, oh, is if whatever is going to come to a fruition ends with Trent coming to kick, coming back okay, to wrestling fair. and to kick. Uh, wow. Matt Hardy's ass, and maybe he's the one who ends up ending that reign. You know, uh, that is the has only they, have way. Have been that fighting Matt Hardy the entire time he's been out with injuries? I, I don't know. Like all I'm saying is they they, they need they need Trent to just come back. That this is the only way is going to actually make sense for it's me to actually is still ongoing. Because otherwise, I don't understand why this feud is still ongoing unless it's because it is because oh right. yeah, let's get. You know, Trent's coming back. Let's have Trent come save the day and take out everyone. Do you know what I mean? So unless wow. that's going to happen, yeah. I'm, I'm so over this. I think AEW should treat this like WWE treated Finn Balor, the demon falling off that turnbuckle. Let's just act like this is over <laughs> with and never happened and we can just move on. Just move on. Yeah. See, sometimes yeah. that meant it works. Sometimes just moving on and acting like stuff never happened works. Well, yeah. we're going to move on and uh, run through the card and talk about predictions now and pretend nothing ever happened. So, actually, <laughs> as we know, we've got full gear. So, I'm going to ask each of you a very important question. It's what I ask every time before we do predictions for each one of us. It's the level of excitement for the event and the match most looking forward to. So, Gina... If you go first, what's the match you're looking forward to the most and what's your excitement level heading in to this pay-per-view, which is just a couple hours away now? I mean, my excitement level is at its highest, I would say. It's got a really good card and there are quite a lot of storylines that have some matches on this card that I am really looking forward to seeing how they're going to end them all. The match I'm looking forward to most, it has to be Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk. I just love Eddie Kingston. I think that if I was male, I would be Eddie Kingston myself. So I feel like I resonate a lot with him. <laughs> I'm gonna try and sell that picture. I'm gonna, I'm gonna superimpose. Oh yeah, I can picture. Can you Eddie see Kingston. it? I can see it, Jay. I'm just like. <laughs> no, I do get. I do get into. My sister will say I do get into a form of like she calls it G mode, where like my my kind <laughs> nature is rich and. She's like, yeah. you're like Eddie Kingston. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to that match. I, I just think Eddie's amazing at entertaining. CM Punk is obviously always great to watch as well. So I'm really looking forward to that one. That's excellent. Uh, Monty, what about you? What match you look forward to in excitement level? Oh, my overall excitement level to show, uh, you know, I, I was going through it through the entire card of my podcast, and I just, I couldn't believe it, like, uh, how just well stacked like really the only match that i really could care less i've mentioned it already like that i could care less about and that is pretty much the mma inner circle the mma inner circle beef i guess you know i I could care less about that but other than that everything else i think has a has a place on this card and can be really really strong uh but what i'm looking forward to the most uh, like i said it's, it's kenny omega hangman it's really the main reason why i'm buying this as a payoff to a story that they have been telling 
for a long time now. And uh, it, I just feel like uh, that that match, they can mess it up. And uh, I don't know how you not don't call it a WWE decision if they do what I don't that I don't think a lot of people want them to do. But before we get into that, I just want to say that this match will be probably one of the most compelling for reasons not just with the work in the ring. I think they can tell the story, a heartbreaking story possibly, or maybe even a, a very uplifting and having everyone happy by the end of the night type of story. And I love when wrestling does that and it can play tug at your heartstrings like that. And I don't think anything tugs at the emotion uh, uh, on this card as much as Hangman and Kenny, just in, in, in my opinion. That's excellent. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? Okay, so I am about 70% excited for this. It would be up, like, majorly up if it wasn't for this fact that I'm just going to, like, point out real quick right now, and I really hope that Tony Khan listens to this because I'm addressing him. This is a, a stacked match card that we have. I am super excited for this. What I'm not happy about is how stacked and how many matches we have, and only one female match made it onto the main event. We've got a pre-show that has a pretty good female tag team match on which I'm just as excited to watch. However, I'm not impressed at the fact that there's only one female match on this actual main event when when Full Gear uh, uh, is such a, a major pay-per-view. So I would like to see more than one female match uh, this time next year at Full Gear, and that's the only that's the only critique I have for you, Tony. So please do listen and um, take some advice from myself. That being said, the match that I'm pretty much looking forward to, I've got to admit, has got to be Miro versus Brian Danielson. I'm itching to kind of just see how Brian Danielson is going to handle this 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 version of Miro. He is so full on in beast mode, and he's not yet like come out of it. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I think that's excellent. You know, when we think about the excitement, I think my only worry for this is that it can't be good as the last AEW pay-per-view, can it? Like, the Saints same, got to have... Last was perfect. Don't and I just, jinx it, James. I'm just worried. Don't that's jinx all. It. I'm just worried. Um, right. If anything goes wrong, everyone here heard it first that James <laughs> jinxed it. So blame it on James, okay? I want to see everyone in Twitter... Tweeting saying, "God damn it, James!" <laughs> they do anyway. He's sleepy. He's doing it on purpose. He's sleepy, man. He's sleepy. God damn it, James will start trending. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll do predictions quickly because, of course, the next time we'll be doing a podcast, Jackson will be you and myself. Uh, that'll be uh, recorded Tuesday for Wednesday, of course, and we can do predictions here. So we're going to ask everybody uh, what they think. So we'll start with a buy-in. And of course, it's Jamie Hayter and Nyla Rose versus Thunder Rosa and Akira Shida. Uh, we'll start off with Monty. Which way do you think this is going to go? I think I, I think because of its placement on the card. Uh, and uh, because of just like what I know about how pre-shows, in my opinion, should go, I think this is going to be fun. It's going to have high energy and it's going to pump the crowd up. And I think to keep the crowd hot, leading them into a, a, a fun night of wrestling, I think you give the baby faces Thunder Rosa, uh, you give Thunder Rosa and her team the victory because uh, I just feel like that's who should win when it comes to uh setting the tone. Sheeta and Thunder Rosa would be the perfect people that I think you let set the tone, have a you know competitive 
but fun match. But the baby faces win to, uh, you know, like I said, uh, get that vibe going right for tonight. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. Jaxie, which way are you swaying for this one? Um, I'm also going to agree with that, but not only because of what Monty kind of said, but I genuinely think, come on, you are literally giving us Thunder Rosa and a Hikaru Shida team up. This is going to be a peak match. Um, I think Jamie Hayter is a really great uh, wrestler as well, and I'm really intrigued to see the team up with between her and Nida Rose as well, um, but I do see the outcome being that of my girl Shida and Thunder Rosa. Gina? I have to agree with Jaxie. Pretty much the same. Don't sound so annoyed. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's not because I, got to, I, I, said, I said the point you thought you wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Up next, Dress Express, Christian Cage versus the Super Click in the Fool's Count Anywhere match. And we'll start with Gina first for this one. Um, I think the Super Click are going to win this one. Um. Jurassic Express are great, and so is Christian. But I definitely think that the Super Click are going to get one over. Um, is is it the first time that we're seeing the three of them fully tagged together on a pay per view? So yeah, I definitely yeah. think that is going to be the Super Click. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there, Jaxley. Yeah, I think that um, it's really hard because of I actually think that there's there's so many great talent on either side that that deserve a win or need a win but i do think that is going to be it the main outcome is going to be the super quick that wins it right now we've just got like too much of a, a unity going and with this sort of like a uh, um potential addition of bobby fish joining uh potentially joining the fray i think there is definitely opportunity for distraction uh, to, to come into this match, so I'm gonna go with a super quick one. And Monty, yeah, I think uh, both of you guys just made a great, made great points, and uh, I think it's smart. I just, I, it's really hard for me to believe that Adam Cole, the big name that signed he that he is, is gonna lose his first uh, pay per view appearance in AEW, uh, especially alongside a team like the Bucks. Even though I love the baby faces, I, I, they're strong characters, and they. I wouldn't mind them getting the victory. I just don't see it, especially if what I want to happen in the main event is going to happen. So it's just it just seems right that you give the super click that victory and maybe we all win in the end of the night, kinda if you know what I mean. Uh but uh also I also wanted to point out that although that this match, like I said, is is like I, I think we all know where we're leaning. I think we should expect a great ride to get to that scene. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think everyone involved is, is are great, and I think we're going to see them make uh, do a really good job uh, with this match. But I'm going with the Super Click also. Uh, it just seems like the smartest pick to make. My only worry is that this match is quite similar to um, Dan Lambert match as well. So I think these two yeah. will spread apart. I think maybe Inner Circle might start off the show with that match and then this may be a little bit later on because, like I said, it's going to be a hell of a show. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Pac versus Malachi Black and Andrade. Uh, Jaxie, which way do you see this swaying? Um, To be honest, I I honestly think that Malachi Black and Andrade are going to win. Because I, 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 the only reason why I think they're going to win it is because I think they need the win. Um, 
uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Malachi Black and Andrade on this, and I'm I'm mainly saying that um, because this is going to be one of that's this is going to be a great tag team match, but unless they really want to kind of, in my opinion, bury Malachi Black and Andrade, they need this win. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, Monty, what are you saying? Yeah, I, I I can understand that. Uh, I'm probably gonna probably not gonna choose the popular answer here. I'm gonna go with the only reason why I would like Cody and Pac to get the victory here is because I just so far following the trend of Cody's feuds, a lot of times they're not over unless Cody prevails in the end. And I'm kind of not that I'm over this entire feud with Cody and Malachi Black because I think I think every match they've had has been great, and the match with Andrade was also great. So I'm not trying to, you know, say that they they shouldn't continue this. But part of me is kind of over the whole feuding with Cody Rhodes when it comes to Malachi Black. I kind of want him to do other things. But I also can understand wanting to protect guys like Andre and Malachi. So I'm not arguing against either side here. But I could not, I wouldn't be surprised if Pac and Cody prevails uh, just as a the way to cap off Cody's involvement with those two. But I don't know. We'll see. You're going Cody and Pac then. Yes, Cody and Pat. Fine, uh, Gina. Which way are you gonna sway? Oh, it's a really difficult one. I mean, I, I love all of them that are involved in the match, especially Pack. I have a little weak spot for Pack. I just love him so much. But I do think that Andrade um, and Malachi are gonna get this one. I just feel like they're. Um, I think I think that they're just gonna overpower them. I really do, and I don't I don't think that they're gonna be able to come back from it. <laughs> So I definitely am going to go with those guys. I I believe that he'll win tonight. I think Black and Adele are going to get the win. But I'd be interested to see what Cody Rose does because he's saying he's not going to turn. But that is a red herring. And I think if you were to put him together with Black and, and Andrade involved there, and maybe even FTRs, we've seen it teased. And then you've got Tully, Arn, you could bring Flair and Andrade. And not four horsemen, but you can have, you know, these five guys. There's a real pinnacle and not this kind of pal imitation that we got at this moment in time. Uh, up next, Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk. Poor um, Sean Spears, Yes, yeah, so, fuck him. Uh, so, Eddie <laughs> Kingston. Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk. Uh, Gina, which way do you see this going then? Uh, see, the thing is, I feel like CM Punk will win it, but I kind of want Eddie to win it. Not because I want CM Punk to lose, but I, I, I definitely feel like Eddie's got such a bad attitude and I feel like he needs to pull that off and get this win over CM Punk. So I am going to go for Eddie Ooh. because I feel like he needs to beat Punk at one point. Uh, do you know what? I really am swaying towards Eddie because I'm thinking it's the way Punk's calling him a bum and saying he's not worthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking if Eddie can get that win, it won't hurt Punk too much. And the reaction would be just as incredible, maybe even more so than seeing Punk getting the win. But I don't want to sway anybody. Monty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yo, uh, I, I, I can't argue with Eddie Kingston. I, I'm going with CM Punk. Just, I just I don't see him losing this soon into his return. I wouldn't mind it. Hell, I was actually trying to make the pitch that he should put over Darby Allen in his first match. I, no way he was losing that damn match. It was his first match. But, you know, I actually wouldn't have minded it because it would have created not only a, a star, a bigger star in Darby, but it also would have 
gave them a, a great few, but I understand not wanting to turn either one of those guys heel. So I, I don't mind it. Uh, but I don't see CM Punk losing this match, even if it is to Eddie Kingston that I think we all love. He's one of them. I, what I love the most about him is that he's not a babyface through actions or not even through his tactics or anything that he says. He's a babyface because everything he does just feels real, authentic, and it doesn't really matter uh, when he whether he's on the side of going to get someone you like, whether he's going to get somebody you don't like. Eddie Kingston is going to be Eddie Kingston, and that's one thing I really, really appreciate the most about his character. So I think we're going to enjoy a hell of a ride getting there, but CM Punk, is either going to put him to sleep with the go to sleep or we're going to get another middle finger type of submission out. I don't know. But either way it goes, it's going to be a fun ride to get there. But I think CM Punk is winning. I just I don't see him losing this early into his return. And Jaxie? Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with everything that like uh, you guys are saying about wanting Eddie Kingston to win. He's got such an unhinged personality that you really just don't know what he's going to do next and that's what makes him such an exciting wrestler to watch so ideally I want Eddie to win however I don't see CM Punk like having his winning streak um, uh, thwarted by Eddie unfortunately I really would love to see it happen but I don't see it happening so I'm going with CM Punk on this but I, I wish it was Eddie because I actually think that it would be really good to kind of have him portrayed as, you know, the Mad King that he actually is. Um, I don't know whether or not that will actually happen now. No, I've, I've got to think CM Punk as well. Um, next match, MJF versus Darby Allin. Monty starts off. Okay, uh, so... Uh... I made the argument on my podcast for MJF mostly because of not only did the fact that I pointed out earlier that MJF really don't lose in a lot of these scenarios often as it may have come off or it may seem he don't lose. So it's just I, Darby Allen beating him this early seems like it'll be too early for this view. Uh, MJF rarely just goes away. And, you know, I don't think you uh, I don't think after you lose to a Darby Allen, you deserve the right to just keep it going. Now, MJF is disrespectful enough to just do something more, even more disrespectful to continue it. So that's a possibility. But I, I really see MJF winning, even though uh, Darby Allen is going to do like he always do. Put his body on the line. Give us a moment where we're like, oh, my God, I hope he's OK. Uh, but, uh, you know, but we're going to enjoy it because he's, he's out of his mind and. I can see it being a fun match, but I think MJF is going to win, obviously, through nefarious tactics. Like, I mean, I think it's obvious, but MJF is going to take the victory, in my opinion. Uh, Jack C., what about you? Yeah, I have to agree with everything that Monty says there. Uh, they definitely have uh, the, the, the likes to be making a really great match between these two, but I do see MJF picking up the win here using very dirty tactics indeed. Um, but I do see a great performance coming out of the likes of um, uh, Darby Allen, And I also see a brilliant moment in our future that we're going to get of Sting taking out Wardlow. I'm just waiting to see it. Uh, Gina? Oh, it's a difficult one because I, I, I want Darby to win, but I just think that asshole MJF is going to get it. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to go with MJF because I just think he's an asshole. He's going to get it. Well, he is an arsehole. There's no doubt about it. But 
I think for me, I'm going to go and buck the trend here because, yeah, MGF maybe, you know, is in a position at this moment in time. But I think Derby needs a victory, especially after seeing Punk, especially after the build-up and MJF putting him down about his uncle and everything that he believes. And I think maybe Wardlow costing MJF in some way in this matchup and then leading towards... Because that's what's next for MJF when he has to face Wardlow. And I think they can look at that and Derby can kind of move on uh, a little bit from there. So I'll say Allen when it comes to this one. The World Title Eliminator Tournament Final, Brian Danielson, Nero, Jaxie, which way do you think this is going to go? This is, this has only got to go one way, and this has got to go the Miro way, in my opinion. Uh, I love Brian Danielson. I'm so looking forward. Like I said, this is one of my most an, a, anticipated matches, um, just to see these two kind of go off. Like Brian Danielson's so technical. I can't wait to see him try to kind of wear down um, Miro. But then I'm also kind of expecting Nero just to kind of unleash, um, so to speak. So, I mean, definitely looking at Nero for the win. Uh, we'll, we'll go Miro for the win. That's quite cool. Uh, Monty, you next. Yeah, uh, I have to give my fiance and my co-host credit because she mentioned this on our pod when she was talking about her pick of Miro and kind of saying they can go in the route of, uh, a lot of this God talk, you can kind of use what happened with Moxley to kind of be a way for Miro to think he was even more meant for this title shot because mm-hmm. of how, you know, it was something that was out of everyone's control, right, that got him this yeah. opportunity. So uh, you can even play into that factor. So I like that. I really do like that. But I still had to go with Brian Danielson only. And maybe this is uh, this is the first time where I think I have a pick mostly based on just my personal uh, bias of not really caring whether it's Hangman or Kenny, but just the fact that Brian Danielson since since coming to AEW, if it's one thing about Brian Danielson, uh, he has told Tony Khan obviously from the beginning that I just want to work. I don't care where, I don't care who, I don't care. Mm. Uh, I don't care if it's a young guy life. without name value. I don't care if it's a guy with the same amount of name value. I just want to work and do what I do best. And he's found a way to be very, very intriguing with just ring work. And I, I really appreciate that, especially as someone who loves New Japan. And they're all about telling stories through their in-ring work. And I think that's what Brian Danielson has been doing masterfully. And I would not mind if he won this and continued to weave these beautiful stories and possibly just have another, the kind, either a rematch with Kenny or a one-off with Hangman, whether he wins or not. I understand people may want to put that match off. But you can't tell me Hangman versus Brian Danielson, whether it's on a dynamite or whether it's on, at a at a you know a special event, it won't be compelling stuff to watch. So I, I, I yeah, feel like are you telling me that you couldn't even you can even get excited? You can't tell me that Miro versus Hangman wouldn't be. You're right. It's the same. I can't I, I can't make the argument against it. I, it's really that mm-hmm. strong. That's how you know they've yeah. done a really good job with this tournament, man. Yeah. Again, though, another reason why this is my most anticipated match to watch tonight. Because if it's int- interesting to see who's going to be the outcome, because then you're looking forward to even even more forward to the main event, because you're like, okay, so which one is going to be facing the winner of this match? And to be honest, either way, I'm I'm going to be excited for either either man to win this match. Yeah, they can't go wrong, honestly. Do I say, Gina, which way are you going to go on this one? I'm going to go with um, Miro. Uh, m- I just think that he, his promos are some of the best promos 
ever and he gives me chills and again what Monty was saying about the whole god sort of complex thing I definitely think that he would benefit from this win and I also wouldn't mind seeing you know Hangman because I do feel like it's gonna be Hangman um I feel like Hangman versus Miro would also be a really really great match so I'm gonna go with Miro I'm gonna say uh Danielson for me in this one because then like I said the main event it puts a bit of doubt in your mind where you think, well, Omega and Danielson again, so it could possibly, you know. Um, the Inner yeah. Circle versus America Top Team in a Minneapolis street fight. I just want this feud to end, really, so I'm hoping Inner Circle. Uh, what about you, Monty? We speak, we're speaking the same language, James. I know sometimes we, we get loud and we argue for the fun <laughs> of it, of course, but you, you're speaking my language, man. I can't wait for this to be over. Please let this just just end my misery now. Uh, the inner circle, go ahead, get the victory. I have no problem with that. I mentioned that I wish Sammy Guevara was doing more TNT title stuff. So I feel like getting this over, we can get him right where he needs to be back defending his belt. And uh, hopefully Jericho and the rest of the crew find something. Maybe Ortiz and Santana can actually focus on tagging titles for once. Like, you know, there's a lot of other things I'd rather have the inner circle doing, honestly. And uh, so... Just, I hope they win and they, we get this over. Because if the MMA guys win, that means this is not ending, and that is not good to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with you guys. Um, I want Inner Circle to uh, to win this, uh, but I'm just like I'm just ready for it to be over. I completely agree with Monty. I want to see Santana and Ortiz um start picking up more within like you know thinking about tracking gold. Also, can I just quickly say Ortiz? Has gotten so much into shape. He looks good. Yes. Like, honestly, yes. he's nearly he super good. That hard work that he's been putting in has definitely paid off. Um, it's so like he it showed up make... on TV and just shrink one week. Huh? It's just out of you nowhere. Know what I, mean? I just was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up, Ortiz. I see you. I see you. So, yeah. And I also would like to see Sammy in more of a singles run position where he is defending on more of a weekly basis. So let's just get this over with, please, and just let the inner circle win this. And Gina? Yeah, I think the inner circle is going to win this one. It doesn't help that the the other team has, you know, Dan on, on the team, who's clearly not like a well-trained fighter. So, um, yeah, I definitely am going to side with the inner circle. Trust me, I've been let down by Dan's before. Don't worry. Uh, we've got Lucha Brothers versus FTR for the AEW Tag <laughs> Team Championship. Uh, this should be quite a good matchup. Gina, which way do you think this is going to go? I'm going to go with Lucha Brothers. Um, but I will say that FTR have been so great in terms of their wrestling. And I actually really enjoyed the one-on-one uh, match that we had with Dax the other day as well. So... Um, but I definitely think that the Lucha Bros are going to win this one still. They they definitely have more to give as tag team champions. And I think that they've got quite a few feuds still under their belt to give us. So, yeah, I'm going to go with them. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Jaxie? Uh, agree. Uh, agree. Um, it, it's, I think it's too soon to, for, for, the, for the belts to swap over. Um, however, that being said, this is going to be just a, a, a crazy tag team match. FDR is such an amazing tag team uh, themselves that it's going to be like a, a close call one, I think. Um, but I don't see the Lucha Brothers losing this. Um, Monty? 
I believe if you look at FTR's resume, they they have they work really well with a lot of people, specifically teams that you know are the opposite of them style wise. So I, I think that's been hammered home billions of times probably by everyone who pays attention that this match has a chance to be really really special because we've seen FTR have special matches, uh, not only with them with the Lucha Bros, but like teams like the Lucha Bros. Uh, and they do it effortlessly, and I think this would be no exception. Uh, I don't see the championship changing hands, though. The Lucha Bros are, are really, in my opinion, just getting started, and I think a victory over our FTR would be a good catapult into even maybe even more uh, battles with uh, with FTR and other teams because I just like like I said, I think the Lucha Bros have something special with Ray Phoenix and Penta, and I think. You should just ride this out and uh, let it keep going. I don't know. I don't think you should do it now. If you're gonna change the titles, let's let's go somewhere first with the titles. Let's actually tell a story because that's one thing I also have to give AEW credit about. They've been pretty good in their tag division of having stories with the tag titles. Uh, you know, they you know for the most part when they change hands, it's a lot of you know drama going into it. So hopefully they continue that trend and they don't just switch it just to switch it or, 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 you know, just to do it for, you know, long, if they have a long-term goal, yeah, do it. But I don't think they should. I think the long-term goal should be riding with your babyface champion. Yeah. Now I'm going to go, um, Lucha Bros and that, right. Penultimate match then the AW women's championship, Britt Baker versus Tay Conte. I'm going to say Britt because Tay is no threat whatsoever. Jack C, what are your thoughts on this? I am going to go with Britt because I only really see one woman taking the title off Britt and that's Thunder Rosa and that's not even any shaded tie. I think that tie does have the potential. However, I just think that this is, a, again, the, the one issue with uh, AEW is that they, they haven't showcased their women enough. So I don't think that tie has done enough in, in, in the ring for for any of us who have been consistently watching to really believe that Brit is going to lose to her. And a lot of that is to do with sort of the little faction and the minions that, that Brit has as well. I think that, that, that there's only one rightful woman to take that title off of it, her, and that should be Thunder Rosa. Uh, Gina, what were your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go with Brit as well. Um, not, Again, no shade to Ty, because I actually think... I love Ty Conti. I actually think she's got great energy when she's in a match. I think she always brings it and kills it, even when she's sort of in a little jobber's match. She always, you know, gives 110%, so it's no shade to Ty at all. But again, I don't see Ty taking the championship from Brit at this moment. I think somebody else will take it from her. And I, I think it's going to set a, a nice little maybe feud future feud between Brit and Anna Jay. Anna Jay pro- possibly wanting to get retribution for her friend. Um but I don't see Ty winning it. So Brit all the way here. Um Monty. Yeah, I agree. Brit Baker's winning. Uh they but surprisingly James, you say she's no threat whatsoever, but in that video package on Rampage, they were talking about her like she was, you know, uh and I think <laughs> Yeah, they were. They were really putting her over. They really were, you know, putting her over. And I think legitimately, if you're talking about her background, yeah, she probably has a real shot against anybody legitimately. And she's like 30 and four record-wise. So I think she's done enough. I think it just goes back to the point. I think Jaxie made the point that, you know, they just don't display their women right. So she's 30 and four. But have y'all honestly seen all 34 matches? 
Have they all I been spotlighted the same? No, of course no, not. No, right, of course not. I so do that's love Dark and Elevation. She is wicked. She kills it. She's on unbelievable on Dark and Elevation. Right. Like the Dark and Light fans are gonna all know this. So right, exactly. Your casuals and people who don't have the time to you know catch up on YouTube and all that, they're not gonna mm. know that. And that's the problem a lot of time. With what, that's what I was mentioning earlier about AW's women division in general. The reason why none of the other ladies really feel like they're on bridge level is because. For a while now, who's the only woman that we that's gonna take up most of the television time for the most part? It's gonna have something to do with Brit, usually. Uh, so, mm. uh, uh, and you know they, they involve other people sparing. You know, Jay Cargill gets the squash match, but uh, a lot of times that's why another thing is funny to me how the rankings work. She's been ranked number one for a long time, and I still don't think they displayed her enough to kind of get people ready for what to expect in this match. But I think this match will end up being. Uh, a strong match because I don't think I think Ty is really decent in the ring. I think this has a chance to be uh, uh, pretty cool, but uh, there's no way Ty is winning. I think, like you, you guys mentioned, Britt is just on a whole nother level character wise, and it's hard to see a, a person who with a strong character like Britt Baker losing the championship to somebody like Ty who has not been given the same amount of time to establish herself uh, character wise. Without a doubt. Well, that's it. Nine matches talked through. So there's just one left. And that is, of course, the main event of the evening. And possibly the biggest match in AEW history. They have built it for more than two years. Former tag team partners. The man who can't seem to win the big one tonight. Will it change? Kenny Omega. Adam Page. This is a match. If they do it right, and Monty, you probably understand this more than anybody. If they do this yeah. right tonight and tell the story, it will become my favourite match and moment, and it will be Ela Dragunov versus Volta. And you know, for me, yeah. that is high praise indeed. Yeah, they have a chance. They have a really big chance of making this not only match of the year, but just like one of the best matches of the last. Uh, decade with the story that's attached here and with what they're both capable of in the ring. If they do this right and they take their time, you can put this story up against the Kofi Manias. I'm not saying this, it compares because I think Kofi Mania has a special place in my heart, but the feeling, the catharsis that we all got when he found, when he pinned Brian, Daniel Bryan at the time, uh, I think this would kind of feel similarly for Hangman finally, uh, you know, getting over the hump. Like, it's nothing like a kind of like underdog is like finally getting over the hump story. And I think this story has been well done and set up perfectly for a chance to be just as special. And I think the ring work definitely can be just as special as dragging off and Volta. Uh, do you want my pick now or are we just doing, you want me to answer? No, I'll, I'll take your pick as well, because that, that's okay. been my favorite match this year, but I'm, yeah, I, you know, I'm really got high heights for this. Let's hope you don't let me down. Who are you going to go for? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's one I've mentioned this also. Uh, recently, like I, I really am trying my best not to overhype it because I do not want to be bummed out when I get there. You know what I mean? Sometimes as wrestling fans, we we play things up in our mind, and uh, it, it may not always go exactly how we see it. But you know, so I don't I don't want this to bum me out. But if Hangman loses, I have no other way to say it other than if Hangman loses, we ride. It just seems like it's too perfect of a story to 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 not give this victory to Hangman. Kenny doesn't need it. He's done everything he needs to do, in my opinion, with the belt. Hangman is the best contender, one of the most credible uh, baby faces left on the roster for Kenny to even have this match with. Also, Kenny Omega, for, for, a, for a while now, wrestled through injuries, all types of – like, I don't know if anyone pays attention, but when he's, he 
He used to he was doing extreme cupping throughout throughout this reign, all types of things, wrestling through tough you know uh, things uh, at throughout his title reign. So Kenny, in my opinion, deserve a break in my after the, after this great run as the belt collector. And I think a great way for him to just take some time off television is to tell this story, wrap it up with a beautiful boat, let Hangman have his moment, and he can ride off to the sunset for a few months. And then we can lean more on the super click side of things and maybe have a power struggle, elite super click type of problem when Kenny returns down the line. So I'm sorry. I know I just kind of laid all that out. But this match is a really big deal. So I had to, I really wanted to explain that. But, yeah, I'm going with Hangman Page winning this match. Jack C. Yeah, I mean, this is just one of those. Um, this potentially could be one of those ones that, goes down in AEW history for not just its feud, but for the type of match or a main event that it could be. Uh, this could be one that's talked about for, for years to come. Um, the, the epicness of the storytelling for over two years now, just would it would just be very unsatisf- unsatisfactory if Hangman doesn't come out of this on top and win. So my, my, my uh, vote is definitely going with Hangman. Um, I'm just really excited to see these two finally let loose in the ring. They've been doing really well with not really putting them together since, you know, the initial split and everything. Um, and it's just, you know, th- this is the match that have people itching for, for it to start already, for the pay-per-view to start already. So this is the outcome that would be most satisfactory um, and would probably go down so much more better in history if um, if Hangman is the one that comes out on top of it. So. Yeah, I'm gonna and go with that. Finally, Gina. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realise I was on mute. <laughs> um I just wanted to um, that the Dragonov and Walter match was also wicked, so I I definitely agree with you on that front. But this match is definitely got, it's got to be in Hangman's favor. I I definitely think that with everything that they've started from two years ago and the storyline, it's definitely Hangman's time to get that belt. And yeah, it'll be nice to see Kenny get a little break for himself. So yeah, I definitely I'm rooting for Hangman to win this one. I, I think without a doubt, and I think when we look at this now, this could be the crowning achievement, the defining moment for AEW. The WrestleMania 14, Austin, Austin, Austin. Paige can win this. Because in our minds, we've already created stories. We had this story in our head when Omega and Paige were teaming. And even now, and I know Monty's thinking this as well, with the super glick kicking out Kenny Omega and having that kind of storyline. And then what's next for Adam Page as well? Page needs to win this. And this could be a more defining AEW pay-per-view moment than the last time when we had Adam Cole and Brian Danielson coming in because the crowd are going to 100% behind Omega. And for, uh, for, for Page, sorry, for a baby face, we don't see it that often. Let's just hope the card, like we say, can deliver and this main event can come true. I am tempted to set my alarm just in case you fall asleep so I can watch the main event live. Uh, but that is basically it for predictions. And that's basically it for the show. Can you believe, guys, we've been doing this for three and a half hours? Well, wow. time flies when you're having yes. fun, right? 
It does. It doesn't feel like it's been three and a half hours. <laughs> For Monty, it does. He hates it. He, he really hates it. <laughs> nah, Monty had fun. Yeah, well, I did have fun. I, I would be lying if I said I didn't have fun. Everybody had fun listening to this live, and we hope everybody has fun for AEW. Like I said, the buy-in starts an hour's time now, uh, so it's going to be an incredible night of action. Of course, me and Jackson will bring you the full review uh, for, of course, Full Gear um, on, well, Wednesday it will be released. Uh, but that is it now for today. I'd just like to thank, of course, Jackson, Monty, Partler, WRT here, and Gina as well for your very first show. I hope you enjoyed it. I had an amazing time. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been really, really fun to be a part of your, your podcast. I listen to you guys all the time, and you always sound like you have so much fun. So I'm really <laughs> excited to have been able to join you this time. Oh, you can work out behind the scenes. We actually hate each other. That's, that's quite nice. It's, it's... <laughs> 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 it's always a way it's always a way uh, that is it don't forget don't forget we're across all social media Twitter at LaDubinar Podcast I'm at LaDubinar JR Monty where can everybody find you your amazing podcast yeah look up Mind of Monty uh, podcast on anywhere you're looking for preferably Apple, Apple Podcasts and Spotify but you can click my link in my bio at Mind Monty Pod and just you know check out our last few shows check out the latest show where we predicted full gear and talked about power struggle so you know uh i'm 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 doing better i'm more and more consistent every week and i'm having fun with it so check me out uh and hit me up if you ever got any critiques anything you want to talk about uh if it's too disrespectful i you will be blocked and ignored so it doesn't matter but i i'm willing to chill and talk anything you know video games wrestling everything under the sun music my podcast is venturing more into music i'm in love with silk sonic's album that's a preview for the next episode we're definitely reviewing it anyway uh yeah check me out at my monthly pod thank you uh jack say everybody calls can hear you on the dub and podcast but where can they reach you they can reach me on both twitter and instagram and it's just at jacksy scarlet and uh, Gina, of course, I know this is your first appearance. If if you do want the general public and the people listening to this to contact you, where can they find you? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Purple Pain and on Instagram at Purple Rain. So either one. Perfect. Of course, purple I'm... Rain, purple rain. We're going to get copyrighted. We can't me. sing. We can't <laughs> sing. <laughs> Yes, I, I tried to do a guess the theme tune once on a live show and got about eight lawsuits. So I try, try, <laughs> <laughs> try not to bleep it out. Bleep it out. That is it. The Dublin are also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all Google platforms. Send us an email at DublinPodcast at gmail.com. YouTube, Dublin Podcast, wherever all latest clips, podcasts go up. Same time, usually do SoundCloud on YouTube. Also, Spotify and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Like I said, our next episode with Jaxie is Wednesday for AW Full Gear. Our next one is with Monty is next weekend. I've got him kind of chained to a radiator just producing shows for me week in, week out. Uh, it's, it's NXT. Oh, yeah. I'm trapped, you guys. I don't, you guys haven't noticed, but I'm, like, I'm locked in the basement or whatever. I don't, 
with, like, with I, I'm doing this against my will. Y'all don't, y'all haven't noticed, but like I get shocked if I, if I, I'm trying to, I can't, I've been speaking in code this whole show. <laughs> it's, it's like, you listen to it, it just says, Monty, help me, get me out of here. <laughs> uh, our next one with Monty, which will enjoy, will be NXT Update. The next team show was going to be huge, actually, because it's in December. And not only will it be the seventh annual WNR Wars, I know, seventh annual, but it'll also be the fourth WNR. So WNR 400 with the WNR Wars, and that will be coming in December. And that will be, and I don't mind saying it, the biggest show in the history of podcasting. Uh, and of course, I cannot wait. To- Everybody. No pressure. No, no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. It'll be fine. Um, until then, I have been James Rowlands, and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Again, thank you very much for joining me, Jaxie. Thank you, and thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. Uh, we've got Gina, of course, first time, but of course, welcome back anytime now. Oh, brilliant. Thank you, guys. I've had so much fun, especially debating with my twin. And <laughs> Monty, Monty, you're not going anywhere, so we'll just prepare for the next show. Yeah, all right? y- y'all know where to find me. I have no choice in the matter. Just remember that. Well, on that note, thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Adios. Bye. Yay. I'm still alive anymore. I'm still alive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just doing the end credit. But yay, this thing is that.